0: Uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza, so thanks for tuning in, and uh, spread the word. From Asmic Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented.
1: Gangsters, what's up, guys?
0: And now, here are your hosts. All right,
2: welcome to Unregimented number 248. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich, and then there were three, the, All right. the OG three, the original hey,
1: three, we don't want to talk about it, <laughs>
2: just saying, you know, the OGs, back at full force, right, so, where, where do
1: we start, where do we start,
3: well, I, I mean, the latest news for today is, uh, <laughs> I've too much Drew and Mike, I swear to God, I was about to call her urethra. <laughs> 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 it's it's burned oh, in my brain now i no, it's just for years that's oh, what they have called her so it's just like it's second nature but yeah aretha franklin checking out at 76 so anybody going what an untimely death can kindly shut the fuck up
2: right about right now yeah she made it to the average life expectancy and let's be honest
3: she made it very far for as big of a girl as she was, well, was ruben yeah
2: she, she made it to the average life expectancy despite trying her hardest not to.
3: Yeah, and she had what? Had cancer scares on and off, or not cancer scares, but had been battling cancer for the last five, six years. So, I mean, it's a right. pretty long fight with cancer. Anybody who's, especially, was it pancreatic cancer? That's a long right. fight with pancreatic cancer.
2: Yeah, usually right. pancreatic cancer, are, you're usually done within a year, generally. Yeah, yeah so know, that's but Bill Hicks. The, but the funny know, thing was.
1: With Aretha Franklin, though, is that and you guys probably have a similar experience, where growing up and especially in the Detroit area, she was a figure, right? And this is somebody who, you know, her big career of of scoring top charting hits is in the past, you know, and she was still famous. But
2: hey, what about "Freeway Love"? It, she would-
1: <laughs> she would she would get in the she would get in the news for like dumb shit like she freaked out or something or wouldn't pay somebody that did renovations on her house or some shit like that and you know Rich you had mentioned Drew and Mike I, that's where I, that's where I got my news on what Aretha Franklin is up to is through <laughs> two morning shock jocks in, in the, 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 piano in the pool the bobcat <laughs> wait. What? Uh, I don't rem- I remember the that those are references, but you'll have to refresh in my memory on those stories. Mike
2: Clark used to fly over her house, and she had a uh, when her house burned down, uh, she oh. had a bobcat that stayed in the backyard for years, and her swimming pool was empty and had a grand piano in it. Did the <laughs> piano,
4: piano in much? the pool? <laughs> yes.
2: Well, hey, how y'all going to get that natural reverb?
4: Well,
1: I mean, her house <laughs> fucking burned down. Anyway, all I 'm saying is that as you know, as much as she may have been a joke at times when I was growing up, once I matured as a, a appreciator of all types of music and actually sat down and listened to that woman perform i i don't know who else has a voice like that,
2: even when she turns a minute and a half national anthem into five <laughs> especially like, did you ever see that Aaron? It was literally like the 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 national anthem that Bleeding yeah. Gums Murphy
4: sang, <laughs> right?
2: They they put up a graphic no. during during
3: the football game that had time of possession at halftime, and it, and they put her at f- like four minutes and twenty three seconds for her <laughs> for her <laughs> national anthem. <laughs> so you got the Lions; they've held the ball for seventeen minutes, thirteen minutes for whoever, four twenty three for Aretha Franklin. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like it's eh, she can stretch some stuff, but isn't that the oh? Is it the nature of a gospel singer to, to, to? I mean, isn't that the nature of a good singer? You sing runs, you, yeah.
2: You have you have embellishments, you know.
1: Well, you know, point,
2: but the, it, it's, it's it's masturbatory.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I hear a lot of that in well. Let's just say a lot of R&B music and a lot of gospel music. Oh, and a lot of it just really drives me nuts. And I guess it's like guitarists, right? Like if a guy is doing runs up and down really fast, but with no real feeling, then you're like, you're just showing off. You're just like, look at it. Look at how fast I can play. Look at all these notes I can fit in here. But I never I never got that feeling from... Uh, Aretha Franklin. I'm sorry, I'm very distracted because I think the cat is trying to fight with the other cat that's outside through the window, and she's <laughs> like growling and trying to attack her. Hold on one second. What's going on out there? What are you look, yelling look, at? Like, like they're going to answer? Oh What's my the, god. I think it, Nothing I think over it's, here. I think it's her own reflection. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny you
3: you did bring up a good point because there's two Aretha Franklins for me. There's the Aretha yeah. Franklin I heard in my ho- my house with my family when they played her music. And then there is the Aretha Franklin almost divorced from her musical ability as just a, you know, celebrity in the Detroit area that you hear yeah. these weird stories about, you know.
1: But, but by I just want to clarify your statement there because to me what you're saying is that like the public kind of divorced her from that. She was almost a separate person. Not that she herself was divorced from that.
3: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I, I'm—we're all old I mean, she enough could to still remember. Perform. Yeah, we're all old enough to remember when she actually had a hit, right? You know, and was on the radio still. Now, granted, it was kind of like her swan song hit. I don't think she really had a, a hit after that. But
2: the, the Pink Cadillac trend of the mid '80s.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but no, I it, it, musically I you know, I obviously I it's I grew up on my family, you know, a lot of my family listened to blues and R&B and it was a staple in my house. It was like it's it like hearing the Temptations. If there's yeah. music playing for more than an hour, you're going to hear some Aretha Franklin. Um now of course it was only as I got older that I started digging into her stuff. Like that, she did, I I think, with uh, uh, was it muscle shoals or S- at muscle shoals or was it stack stuff like the stuff she did with Dwayne Allman when she covered like the weight? Okay, and uh, I, I guess less, but so this would be 60s, is that what yeah. you're talking about? Well, yeah, because Dwayne Allman died in what seventy seventy one, 71, somewhere around there, so
1: right, it, it
3: was it was more of a move, it, it was less, uh, it was less like the. Traditional music when you think of Motown, like the very yeah. to the point poppy yeah. but soulful yeah, you, songs, and it was more soul, like southern soul.
1: You like a little dirt in your pudding, so to speak. Like Rich like some stank on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, whereas what, I, and I'll listen to all that shit, but for my money, the, the, the compilation of songs, Sunday morning classics, that old shit with the strings in it. And all the girls singing these perfect harmonies back up. And that shit is just immaculately performed and recorded. And it's just so great. And there's, a, I mean, so the other great thing about Aretha Franklin is that she had some hits with some of her own songs. I, I don't know if she wrote Freeway of Love or whatever it was called. But, but mostly she was doing other people's songs. Which she also comes from a time where that was commonplace. Artists did not write their own songs. They had a bunch of Jews in a tower that did that. And yeah.
3: Record companies had house bands that backed up their their artists yeah. and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were just you know a face and a voice and and that's it. But she would take these songs. She always had her own interpretation of those songs. You know. Just her a, a way to put her own little spin on a melody or something, or the phrasing of it. Just holding back a
2: little bit on a note that just made all the difference. Yeah, well, it probably came from you know she came up in churches, and you know people yeah. also forget too her biggest hit, you know her the song that defines her. It's a notice writing cover. Uh, respect.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. You ever? I there's a live version of otis redding doing that song at like this frantic pace it's fucking great i think it's from yeah. the
3: Mon- i think it's from the, the the monterey festival is it yeah because there's again? video of it yeah and back in the day they used to sell a cassette tape of on one side was i don't know why they packaged these two together besides they're black and they were at they were at monterey <laughs> one side was Jimi hendrix's set the other side was otis redding's set <laughs>
2: yeah i'd buy, I'd buy that
3: no, I did. Yeah. I got it for like two bucks in the in the, in the two dollar yeah. bin at Myers in like 1989. But yeah, uh, well, I mean, you know, it was still like Chain of Fools. Um, oh shit! I, I what was it uh, never gonna moment. love. A, uh, yeah, like I mean, and uh, what was it never gonna love a a man the way that I love you or something yeah. like, like like those are I,
1: I some of my favorites. Uh, I guess I, I like the Burt Bacharach stuff. Like say a little prayer. I know that she's. I know she's done some others. No, I'm uh, picturing Whoopi dude, Goldberg. Be white, dude. Forever,
4: forever. I forever. know.
1: <laughs> but dude, those are great, great songs. He's not NASCAR yeah. white, Chris. It's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's like Gap white. But I do,
1: you know, I, I think I'm getting kind of a, a '50s retro fetish going on like i'm loving uh the fabulous miss mazel i just watched the season finale of it and that show is just beautiful the costumes and all the cars and the the designs and everything and these fucking ridiculous dresses like yeah about a fake comedian
2: (laughs) that's my big rub with that yeah, I know. Go find somebody real, and then make the story about it. Don't write your own story about how you wished comedy would have happened uh, in the fifties. There's
1: plenty of stories for things that didn't didn't happen, and there's a lot of crossover there. So, I well, know, I oh, wouldn't so, get too so, hung up on it.
3: So if you're if you're if you're into your, you're going through a fifties phase, I can play mm-hmm. like Sam Cooke un, unashamedly now. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't have I need
2: to, to be ashamed. <laughs> Aaron shows up with his hair slicked back t- Cigarettes in his sleeve <laughs> What's up daddy-o What's up Danny Zuko You know uh,
1: I, I'm kind of getting there My hair's getting taller <laughs> yeah, Most people's so, hair is long Aaron's gets <laughs> tall <laughs> I already went look, that way He's going to look like
3: Kid from Kid and Play here In a couple of days
1: <laughs> More like Kid Rock Back in the day. Back in those Yodel in the Valley days when they had the high top. <laughs> the, the the white boy high top fade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How much product went into making all that shit stand up like that?
3: That was dedication to a hairstyle that I do right. not have.
1: Right, like yeah. the brothers just they just shave it in a certain way, you know? <laughs> It's like a yeah. topiary or something. Yeah,
3: it's like a bonsai well, tree. You just trim right, it and that it
4: grows Right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's, like, he's like J.D. from Scrubs to the Extreme. Just moose it straight up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it uh, the thing that sucks about, to me, her dying is something I'm like, I guess as I get older, it just hits me when certain people die. Like you just take it for granted they're going to be there because they've always been there.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't.
3: I don't remember a time when, when, two people that mattered in, to me and that I love, she didn't mean a lot to. You know, and it's just like all these great artists are and <laughs> getting old and they're dying. I mean, and I, I'm sorry, but Drake ain't going to replace Aretha Franklin. You know, Christina Aguilera ain't gonna replace
1: Aretha Franklin. You uh, know, it's, I mean, he can, he honestly, I mean, can you think of anyone that could compete with her voice? Even you know, I'm, I'm not even talking about in her heyday. You know, her.
2: I might stick at up for 70. Christina Aguilera there. Okay, that I you has got pipes. No, she can sing. Yeah, I think. But uh, Drake, you turn off Auto Tune; he's done.
1: But here's what Christina Aguilera doesn't have. Maybe I just haven't seen it. And I, but the dynamic range as well, right? It's it's the power of the voice. It's knowing how to use it and how to, uh, you know. I talked to, uh, before about her phrasing, and then the dynamic range. She had this. Voice that remained like passionately effective at this low bedroom voice and at this
2: full-on banshee howl. that I will give you because, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say Christina Aguilera has dynamics because it seems to be all the same the yeah. same thing. Well, she has Had, talent. Where
1: it's like yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> Lady it's all Gaga. all yelling
2: and scale runs.
1: Uh, Lady Gaga, I think, is a good example of person who understands dynamics and phrasing, but doesn't quite have the raw talent that somebody like Christina Aguilera seems to have. We could combine those two together in my, but it, I mean, I don't know why we're, we're going for white chicks. that are going to replace Aretha Franklin.
3: <laughs> well, because that's, that's, but, that's, that's kind of like what I'm saying. Like it's R and B like that style. R and B is like a certain style of blues. The originators are, are have or are dying off. And it's like the the no. old guard is now the people who were influenced by the originators. And and the, and the young and up-and-comers are people that were influenced by the people who were influenced by the originators. You know what I'm saying? That's well, what's, the thing. That's what's like, strange to me. We want these
1: these great artists to live on, of course. And then just like we were talking about we also if they do pass on we want somebody to step up right who's going to be the next Blah? Who, who could replace David Bowie who could re- replace Aretha Franklin but their influence is so great and so wide just like the Beatles and how much they influence pop and rock music that it's everywhere you know every r singer is doing some run that's mimicking aretha franklin whether they know it or not
3: well i guess i just find myself uh, asking the same question that that drew asks a lot of new artists on his show which is in 30 40 years is this going to be held up like the beatles are held up like the stones are held up like chuck berry little richard's
2: held up talking about the thing sorry but the thing that all those people have in common—they're career artists. There's no more career artists. Yeah,
3: it's like you know, it, it, mm. Cardi B and Nicki Minaj, and I mean, the—I guess the biggest argument you can make for a career artist who's came out of R&B who has managed to stay relevant—at least to at least to a lot of people who are critics and and people who buy her music—is Beyoncé. I mean, that yeah. Destiny's Child's. You know, she premiered over 20 years ago, and she sold and stayed in the in the spotlight through the entire time. And it's not like she stayed in the spotlight pulling Madonna tricks. Like she didn't make you know, like a prayer and and justify my love type videos. And be, and people were like, "Did you see a new Madonna video? She's making out with a chick. Have you seen her? Have you seen her softcore pornography book? She fucked Vanilla
2: Ice. You know, it's it's uh, Yeah, if there's anything, one thing Beyonce has been, it's been c- consistent. But, I mean, also at the same time,
3: I I, I, I know there's people that would disagree with me, but I wouldn't even put her in the same category as Aretha Franklin.
1: No. No. Because. She doesn't have the talent. You couldn't just sit her down at a piano and have her tear an audience apart. And Aretha could do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it,
3: it, I mean this is like, I, I guess, now that I think about it, is the reason that there's not that many popular performers that are in that vein of Aretha Franklin anymore is because everything's so compartmentalized in music that if you come up with... If you come up gospel, you end up staying in gospel. There's really no crossover. Like, you may know who the Winans family is, but... They don't have, you know, crossover appeal and, and, a, yeah, and a, yeah, yeah. a shit ton of, uh, of top 40 pop chart hits, yeah, but they're right, gods man. in the gospel, you know,
2: community. No, uh, you're, you're absolutely right, because when Aretha started, you'd hear R&B records next to rock records on the radio. You know, you'd hear like the Beatles next to Debbie Boone. You'd hear Aretha mm-hmm. next to fucking CCR, <laughs> you know, like yep. now. Nope. You are—you're I mean, pigeonholed into your little musical box, and that's where you stay.
3: I mean, that's—that's that's one thing. I, I, you know, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm hard on religion. You know, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, there's been a lot of great music, a lot of great art that's come out of different religions through you know <laughs> the centuries. I'm not taking that away from them at all, and I yeah, kind of. Most of the music that I grew up really loving was heavily, heavily gospel, and you know, influenced by gospel and and that type of stuff. And yeah, it's just it, See, I don't know. It's it's kind of sad because it's like it's it's not that people like hate it. They just don't like. There's a lot of people walk around going, "Yeah, I don't care one way or the other. Yeah, whatever." Well, how's played the Andy right.
1: song? I love that, and I'm just like, okay, right? Because it doesn't have anything that leaps out to grab their attention.
2: I don't it's, even know It's what it like is, background
1: Rich. music. Uh, See, I wish I you know I didn't I grew up with hearing uh her songs on the radio here and there, but you know, my parents' cl- record collection was fucking Yacht Rock and Hippie Chicks. So <laughs> I, I did so I didn't really get like I knew, I knew Aretha Franklin from the Respect Song, the the Pink Cadillac song, and uh or no, it was uh the Freeway of Love, right? Wasn't that the, the big hit that she had in 80s? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and the 80s? Yeah. And the stories that I would hear about her, you know? You know,
3: quick, you know quick, <laughs> quick story about that Freeway of Love song. The first time I really remember hearing that song, I was in a dentist chair, and a dental assistant leaned over me, and her boobs touched me. And for, like, years, I associated that dentist assistant's boobs with that song. <laughs> <laughs> Every <Like, Nice. laughs> you I hear that song, I'll be like, ah, I got my first, uh, uh, what do you call it? Incidental boob contact. I wasn't trying, neither was she, <laughs> you know? And I couldn't have been
2: more than like six or seven, but you know. But no, in my house, mash cut to Rich is 13, the door is closed, freeway of love is blasted.
3: <laughs> and my mom's like,
2: <laughs> what's he doing in there? <laughs> But no,
3: uh, women in my family and and my, well, my grandfather too. Whew, when they got to drinking and out, out come the 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 R and, and, and B records. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You couldn't if they were going to enjoy that music. So were the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Everybody enjoyed it. <laughs> so yeah, it's. I don't know, it's strange. Like I, I understand what you're saying about the yacht rock and like the hippie chick stuff, because it's kind of a little bit more on my dad's side of the family. Yeah. And it's like my dad's side of the family is definitely like, oh, you guys are painfully
1: white. as dirty the dirtiest my parents' record collection got was Bog Skaggs.
2: <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> That's Jesus. possibly the whitest sentence ever spoken on the show. <laughs> Good lord.
3: My grandmother used to play the Easy Rider soundtrack for me when I was 5. So I'm sitting there like listening to If 6 was 9 and goddamn the pusher man. <laughs> 5 years old. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah, my dad had a, He had the first couple Zeppelin albums and uh, he, he likes Santana, so I mean, I guess it's about as down and dirty as he got. But yeah, rest
2: My there's a ton of Motown. My dad graduated in '64, my mom in '65. So I mean, Motown in my house was front and center when I was a kid because that was the music when they graduated high school. Yep, it was right in their wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, I had younger parents. They they graduated in the '70s. You had parents that waited to have kids.
3: That happens. Yeah, not every kid is a joyous surprise from God. Like some people plan to have children.
2: (laughs) Yeah, my parents married for like eight years before I showed up. My mom refers to them as their single years before I showed up and ruined everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I actually sat down and did the math on like, wait a minute, my birthday's and my parents' anniversary. Oh, that was a squeaker, wasn't it? oh you oh you mean like that like was a real Simpsons shot ep- that was a real shotgun wedding it was like The Simpsons episode where,
3: where Homer meets his brother and he's like and these are my children all born in wedlock even though the first one was
4: close <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> oh shit
1: all right well RIP Aretha Franklin I'm gonna see you guys had something else to add to that. What else is going on? Does it feel like things are getting a little crazier this week? I mean, I know it's hard to judge, but I if you I think if you go by Trump's Twitter feed, he's becoming a little more unhinged. This Omarosa thing has really gotten under his skin. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, And how that's do you a feel big no no for him. Omarosa. I've never you know, amorosa is another this this is a person who i've never watched any of these reality tv shows but i do know well i basically know about the tv shows the reality shows that drew and mike would watch and talk about so that's how i know amarosa but
3: Uh, yeah i'm pretty much with you on that i i think she was on no actually no i don't think i've ever watched a
1: but she a seems, show. She's always seemed like a, quite the grifter. Uh,
3: I always like call she's she's very, very opportunistic.
1: Spent some yeah. Sort of like C-list celebrity career out of what? I'm not really sure.
2: Grifter is you, that a polite way of saying bitch? No,
1: that's and how she opp- always
2: comes off opportunistic. Uh, use your words, and I'll use mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know that she's a bitch. I mean, did, did you hear her on the Today Show the other day? She was a bitch. Oh, yeah, about she, she was talking about Trump. Yeah, but she was, been, she was being a giant cunt to Savannah Guthrie. That oh, is kind of yeah? what
3: she's known for when she talks to people. She has a very strong habit of talking Man. down to people.
2: And maybe she is a bitch. I don't know. Like, I'm surprised Savannah Guthrie didn't go. Oh, is this your TV show? Because <laughs> if it's, if it is, uh, or if it isn't, you need to shut the fuck up. Like that's <laughs> like the stuff she was saying to her. Was, I was just like, wow. I I'm, su- I'm surprised this woman is keeping well, her composure. It was it was pretty hotly debated for about a day
1: and a half on Twitter about w- if she released a tape that had Trump saying the n-word on it whether that would mean anything to the Trump presidency and I was yeah. like wow you guys are not learning are you you, you got to catch up with the rest of the class here yeah. Like, I mean, first the rest of, of all, us realize that it'll do
2: nothing and yeah.
1: possibly could benefit
2: Trump. First of all, it's not going to make him unpresident. So there's that. And second of all, <laughs> it, I, I'm inclined to agree with this opinion. Don't you think we would have heard it by now? If this tape existed, do you not think it would have been well, all over the media by now?
1: I, I think Marosa um, was trying to kind of slyly hint that she may have such tape. And she did release some more tape today. Uh,
2: well, I can't remember what it was about.
1: It's about I, someone
2: offering her a, a job so she'll shut up after getting fired oh, it, in the White House.
1: Yeah, that's that's right.
3: Well, I mean, it, the, but, the, 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 the biggest argument I've heard from a lot of people or the biggest gnashing of teeth I've heard from a lot of people about the situation is the fact that she recorded the president. She recorded conversations and where she recorded them.
1: And like how in the, there's a uh, situation room.
3: Yeah, and I'm just look. I
1: was like, was Wolf Blitzer there?
3: <laughs> I'm not co-signing on her recording in these places, but I'm going to say I'm I'm going to put it this way: when you're dealing with someone like Trump, it's best to have tape rolling at all times.
4: Yeah. And
1: Period. Who's more guilty: the person who recorded in the situation room, or the person who put somebody who wasn't supposed to be in the situation room and in that room to fire her?
2: Well, well, here's the
1: thing, little, little column A, little column B, well, quite if
3: honestly. She if she didn't have recordings, you know what Trump would do, and mm-hmm. his sycophants would just, yep, he just, you are fake news. Mm-hmm. That is bullshit. Where's the tape? Show me the tape. Until I see the tape, I'm not
1: going to talk about it. And she knew that, and because she knows this man. Right, and, and the thing, these recordings, they do something, in my opinion, right? They don't change anyone's mind. They're not going to make a Trump supporter go, oh, wow, I had no idea it was like that inside Trump's White House. I can't support this man anymore. Nobody's uttering those words. But at least we can then start to have possibly a real conversation. Instead of having a conversation about what Trump made up versus what Amorosa is saying, now at least we can have the conversation that is, well, yeah, okay, so Trump did that. But guess what? We don't care. We're going to support him anyway. That's at least a better conversation to have. You're still not changing that person's mind. But at least we can have a conversation about some facts. And uh, you know, if a, a, a tape surfaces of Trump being vilely racist, I'm all for it getting out there. Not thinking that it's going to change the number of Trump supporter supporters, but at least then we can have a conversation about how trump is a racist
3: well it's it's going to do a few what things it's going
2: what does it change we got to make it to 2020 it doesn't it, change anything i'm
1: saying it's a benefit to have a conversation about facts instead of arguing about one he said he said she said type of argument where everyone just automatically automatically believes the person on their side And you never even actually get to the real meat of what's being talked about.
3: Well, it's going to do a few things. It's going to make his supporters sprain every part of their brain to do the mental gymnastics to defend the fact that he did go off on a racist rant, if there is one out there, which is endlessly amusing to me. And then then it's going to actually give the people who go around and say definitively, with no wiggle room, Trump is a flat-out racist. It's going to give them all the ammo they need to where they're just going to go l- listen to the tape and the story. There's no debate here. That's that's it. it, it game over. Yeah. Well, well,
2: didn't they try to do that with the Access Hollywood tape?
3: And it's and that's why they the tried to. But searches. you've got yes. Trump is you know a sexual assault, assaulter, and all that, and it's. To those people, he is. He is as good as a convicted rapist in their mind because of that
1: right. statement to a D-list. Well, if, we were, if we were to have a repeat of the Hollywood Access tape that involved the N-word, it would go like this. Can you believe these people think that I use the word nigger? Oh, he said it. <laughs> We've got it on tape, right? He said the word. Yeah. Because that's what the Access Hollywood tape was. Oh, he confessed to assaulting women, who knows how many women he just went up and grabbed by the pussy. You know what? Not even the guy standing next to him believed that Trump actually grabbed anyone by the pussy. As a matter of fact, you don't even believe that. You making the claim that Trump confessed to grabbing women inappropriately don't even believe that that's the first thing that he does is walk up and grab their crotch. So yeah, the, the Access Hollywood tape
2: was a nothing. Anyway, I just think sorry, like if she's I'm making this claim and her book came out this week, why wouldn't? She, isn't that? Wouldn't the media lap that shit up? I would lead with that. Hey, tape Trump saying the N word. Here you go.
1: Well, I think the believed source of Trump uttering racial epithets is from is the B roll
2: from the uh, Apprentice show, right? Okay, so again. At least 10-year-old footage. How is how's it not out yet? Like that's well, just, that's just been my rub with he,
1: this. I guess the producer of the show or somebody in, involved in making that decision is uh, refuses to release it. Well, um, it's, prob- it's, um, it's I know it's prob- Penn Gillette, who is on the show with him, was interviewed recently and was asked about it. And he said that uh, he is 100% sure that there are Tapes of Trump saying racist, sexist, and vile things, but he's not willing to repeat any of those because he'd probably get it wrong. In his words, he would probably get it wrong, and the stakes are too high. And he's just an unreliable narrator. At least, at least, Pajoulet admits that he's an unreliable narrator. Amorosa, I see as an unreliable narrator. Tapes, if she's got tapes, great. Anything that she's got to say in a book. Is meaningless to me and should be meaningless to most people. I don't know what type of credibility this person has built up that they have enough power by word only to try and take down a president.
3: I that's but that's the thing. I mean, I she's what, I think she was on the first season of The Apprentice, so we're talking, man, it's gotta be over fifteen years ago. And she's been in the D-list of even reality stars spotlight ever since she, she, you know, she has her peaks and valleys. Every once in a while she'll say something asinine and she'll get a little bit of coverage on the Access Hollywood type shit and TMZ. Yeah. And then she'll, you know, go fade back into the background and you'll, oh, she's she you also
1: like, she has a career too, right? I mean, she's worked jobs people pay I, her actual money to do shit.
3: <laughs> I mean, I th- honestly, until she got hired by Trump to to work on his staff, I thought her job was being a celebrity. I thought she was one of those people. Um, I,
1: I don't know. I don't think that's the case. But I, I know, have no proof to back that up.
3: I know that she, at one point, was she, uh, during the f- I, I believe the season the f- of The Apprentice she was on, she made a big deal about she wanted to, you know, Start up, and her own business and make a successful business. But here's the thing. That's nice. I can't tell you what business it was. I can't tell you what, what, what field it was in. I oh, mean, yeah. anyone can say, anyone yeah. can say, anyone can say, I, uh, I want to be in the music business. Well, what end? Because there's recording engineers. There's, you know, producers. There's, there's a, not everything is playing a guitar or singing into a mic. You could be a stagehand and you can be in the music business. You know, if, if you want to look at it that way. So that's just, I don't know, she always just come across as someone who, she was fairly young when she was on The Apprentice. She got on. She got her 15 minutes by being, you know, the stern, bitchy, matter-of-fact type of... Yeah, the villain. Yeah, really, she relished the role of the villain. And well, I, I remember her saying that in interview, She said, yeah, if, if the, you know, I walk into a reality show... I know what they hired me for. I know what I'm there to do. And it's like, well, yeah.
1: I, you know, I may be wrong because her, let's see, her Wikipedia goes right from celebrity big brother to the Trump administration.
3: Well, wow. I mean, it's, that, it, that, I think that just tells anybody who's but I, willing to look at the reality of, of pop culture these days that you can make a career out of being in front of the camera. Just because you're in front of the camera.
1: Well, also because you're like a bitch, and you're not here to make friends or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's it's you know, it, there's we
3: have now a subgroup of celebrities who are famous for being famous.
1: Right. That's it. Right. You and any assumptions that I made that she was like a businesswoman is buying into. This persona that she's crafted for herself
3: well i mean look when i heard that she was hired by trump after he was elected i was like you got to be shitting me that is i i that'd be like if i got put in charge of a business and i brought my cat in as my as my uh, uh number two you know my i'm like it's like duh it's, it's but, one of his people right but exa- exactly he then i loyalty that's when i sat and thought about it and i was like to Trump, even though he's a disloyal, cocksucking motherfucker, loyalty is very important coming his way from people. And that's why when she was fired, I mean, if you listen to the, the, I've only heard an excerpt of, I believe, I haven't heard any tapes released today. So this is the tapes that she released a few days ago.
1: But you're but the one with him talking to Trump, right? Where he's
3: yeah, like, oh, no, that's <laughs>
1: terrible.
3: She's oh, talking to Trump. And, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I didn't know. I had no idea you were fired. Oh, I don't exactly. Buy it.
1: Oh, that damn it. it was so unconvincing. Yeah, damn
4: it.
1: Yeah,
2: exactly. That was. It's like that the sorry
3: like, I say when I don't give a chick a warning I'm about to fucking come when she's blowing me.
2: <laughs> you know, it's like,
3: sorry <laughs> about that. You know, I mean, like, but come on, this ain't your first rodeo. My balls got tight. You knew what was happening next. You know, but it's. It, come on, man. D- well, I didn't expect him to be real with her because at that point he could probably, he was probably still thinking, I, if I can keep her on my side and keep her loyal to me, she might be useful down the line. Now he has no use for her. And now the teeth have come out in well, the
1: Now she's a dog.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: And it, that's another thing about this split between Trump and Amorosa that I think is helpful and telling. Is that there's no real loyalty to Trump or from Trump, right? He's buying loyalty with power once he has less power over you as being he's not your direct boss anymore uh, or I shouldn't say direct boss he's not your boss anymore and actually you, you get promoted to being his boss when you get fired <laughs> technically speaking but uh, so there's, there's no there's nobody in the White House or around Trump, really outside of his family, and possibly even their loyalty is going to be tested, that is going to remain loyal to him no matter what. And the reverse is true. There's nobody that Trump is not going to bash considerably as soon as they turn on him, except for possibly his family.
3: Well, Trump is unique in the... He's not unique... In his circle but he's unique as a as a human being in this planet that he was born into a situation where he came from enough money to where people would be loyal just for that reason just to get near that money you know yeah
4: yeah.
3: you know when he brushes the crumbs off the table they're gonna get some and he's never had to learn the lesson that you know for every person out there who will not do something to Simply for themselves, for selfish reasons, because it would hurt other people, there's five that are willing to just step over that person and shit all over them yeah. to get ahead. And I mean, that's a lesson that, that, you know, most people learn fairly quickly in life. And he hasn't had to learn it because it's Donald Trump. He's the Donald. I had mm-hmm. my own board game in the 80s. You know, I mean, come on now. They talk about me in rap songs. I was in Home Alone, too.
1: (laughs) You know, I mean, come bask in the wonderfulness that is me. Another reason why I say that it it, it seems like he's becoming a little more unhinged this week. On top of his rants on Twitter and his fight with Omarosa, he had a statement this week. That was, uh, well, the statement was revoking Peter, is it Stroke? I think it's Stroke. It's got a Z in there. But Peter Stroke, the guy who was fired from the FBI, revoked his clearance, his security clearance, and then had a list of all these other people that were going to get their security clearances yanked as well. He said that they were going to be under review, and this was all considering, this was, in the statement, it's, this is all under the consideration of the uh, fake news that they're spreading about the, the Russia investigation and the possible collusion. So he made an enemies list and he put it in a press release, right? This is one of the things that, that brought Nixon down, that, con- that got Congress to turn against him. You know, the list of enemies and the documents of, of people saying, hey, these are people that we're going to screw these are these. This is a whole list of people that that are out to get us, and we're going to use the political office of the president to fuck them over. And that's damn near what Trump's doing with this. But this letter, this—I'm sorry—not this letter. This uh, statement was actually drawn up like three weeks prior to its release. Nobody else is signing it. Nobody else in his administration is pushing this idea. And. Even uh, Sanders, what's her name? His uh, mouthpiece.
3: Sarah Huckabee Sanders.
1: She, where she normally comes out and is like, this is what the president says and this is his position and all that. She came out and was like, I have a, pre- I have an, uh, a memo from the president, uh, you know, and here's what it says verbatim, and doesn't attach herself to that at all. Like, n- nobody else is backing him on this plan. Because it's blatantly obvious. I mean, how do you still convince yourself that this guy is innocent when he's <laughs> he's considered all the people that are involved in either investigating him or criticizing him because of the investigation as enemies and he's going to blatantly use the power of the presidency
2: to damage these people? Is that is revoking their credentials really damaging them?
1: Yeah. That's what do you think you do when you leave the FBI? You get a career in the private industry because you have a security clearance. You don't have a security clearance, you don't have much interest to uh, these big corporations.
2: So yeah, it, it drags. Okay, so something that like, affects 0. 0.000 something of the population. I mean, I don't well, I don't, I don't, don't see you, this man. as a big I don't see this as a big deal. You don't see yeah. the president using he's his He's all oper- bluster. We're two we're two years into this. You don't realize he's all fucking talk yeah but
3: chris hold on hold on it's it's like it's like the difference of a dishonorable discharge from the military 40 years ago and today 40 years ago they pretty much blacklisted you from a lot of jobs because people go oh you were dishonorably discharged no no i don't think so nowadays no one people there are people that give a shit but it's it's, it's not as big of a... Yes, more I, forgiving.
1: I would compare it more to being fired by... Being a college professor, being fired by a university, and then taking their degree away. You can't just go and get a job now at another university. I know that's not something that happens, but that's, that's essentially what he's doing. And yeah, so it affects only this list of, like, 12 people on here. That fucking matters. Because that's... <laughs> The idea that the president is not to use his office to enact revenge on people who criticize him, right? Oh, I, I think the bigger Work issue... Is, where does that stop? Okay, so it affects um, only a few people. Well, there's where your slippery slope is.
3: I, I, to me, the bigger... Uh, yes, that is an issue. But the bigger issue is... And once again, it just doesn't matter to a lot of people... His haters already have made up their mind. His supporters have already made up their mind.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: How petty this man is. I mean, it's not enough to, you know, I'm going to throw you out, but I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, you know, take the, the take a shot at you on the way out the door.
1: Right. And let's not forget, like, his base is his base, right? But his base well, is, well, not I, the, is not the mind.
2: But again, mythology. Rich, is his, is his pettiness news to anybody? I no, guess but that's, it's that's it's kind all, of where I'm coming it's all from. He adds up to the moderates, right? That, when. It, <laughs> The
1: majority of the people didn't elect him in the first place. And to get reelected, he would have to maintain all of his base and convince centrists or moderates or whatever that he's doing a good job. All these, this pettiness, these, uh, this uh, dog whistle racism, at least so far until we get it on tape, All this stuff adds up to somebody who's not fit to be president. That's not going to convince moderates to vote for him again.
2: No, but it could. It could motorize a bunch of the Republicans who didn't show up. It can motivate them to show up. I mean, you you do forget what were we talking about two weeks ago? He's got the highest approval in his party that any president's ever had.
3: I think a lot of that just stems from Um, the extreme. What?
2: He has the highest approval in his party that any president's ever had. Something like it was a couple of weeks ago. Eighty-eight percent of Republicans approved of the job he's doing.
3: Yeah, I do remember that story. But once again, I see stories like that, and it's it's just a reactionary response to people on the left hate him. So we're going to support him because these people hate him, and as hard as and as hard as they go at him in their hate, we're going to go that much harder in support. I mean, really, honestly we've talked about this before how much does who's president affect our lives it's not a whole lot for the most part you know the economy is the economy the economy is going to do what the economy is going to do
1: traditionally so yes i if we can (laughs) if we do get another four years of trump i think it's going to make a big difference to a lot of people's lives The,
3: the problem with trump is like who Well, I'm about to to try to explain it. The problem with Trump is he's planting seeds that we don't know what the fuck is going to grow out of right now. I mean, he has soured relations with other countries for, you know, right or wrong with the entire, you know, they now look at us and go, we have a problem with the United States. We have a problem with America now. And it's like, no, you have a problem with this jackass right here. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have to understand half of America didn't vote. And of the half that did, he only got half that. He's not, not even repre- He's not. Yeah, yeah. He, exactly. He's th- What? Whatever. Three million shy of the popular vote. He's not representing the majority of America in a way that they're happy. But it's the way that be, the way our system is set up, you have no choice. It's, it's it, I mean, you, you can yeah, say if you're, not my president until you're blue in the face and pass out. It doesn't change the fact that yes, he is. Yeah. So I. It, that's that's what scares me. I mean, the shit with the tariffs. We don't know how bad that's going to get. We don't know how it, it, you know. And God, God, I, I almost said forbid, but is it a, if it works the way that He says it's going to work, and it does strengthen our economy, and it does open up, you know, fairer trade mm-hmm.
1: for us with other countries, it, it can't be a bad thing. Well, he does say that he is a free trader. I guess the idea being that he's going to keep raising tariffs on products until other countries back off completely, and then they can have zero tariffs. I I don't know how you can make a claim like being a free trader and also have clearly protectionist policies. And in the most, like... Uh, the most well, I think where he way, comes I from mean, on
2: this is he wants to gouge some of these countries like we get gouged. I think that's where he's coming from when he talks like that. Like, all right, you're going to gouge us, we're going to gouge you back. You want to stop gouging? You stop gouging. Like I said, I think right. that's where he's coming from.
1: Yes, but then where does that leave the farmers in the U.S. who the only way they can make a living is through government subsidies anyway well before trump and so now you're going to have an open free trade market where where us farmers have to compete with everyone else in the world on a, on a flat playing field they'll get murdered there's no fucking way we won't have agriculture in the us we'll be importing all of our vegetables and well, i'm not saying that i'm not saying it's a bad thing but like that what we signed up for with capitalism i can't believe that that's trump Right, but Trump doesn't want that. He wants the voters. He wants the the farmers to vote for him. So I don't know. It's don't get your hopes up. <laughs> like there's, I don't think there's there's a possible way that his trade policies could work because they're only going to get as far as bumping up against his base, and he's going to back off of it.
3: I, I just it keeps going back to the to me the the issue remains. A lot of his supporters are one, two issue people, and it doesn't matter if his business decisions are hurting them right now, because on other issues, he says exactly what they want to hear. And there's, that, there's that, that, that illogical human trait of eternal hope. It will get better as long as we stay the course. I mean, we, that is nothing new in politics. We heard that in Vietnam. We heard that in Iraq. We heard that in Afghanistan. I mean, and it, they prettyed it up and put it different ways. We fight him over there so we don't have to fight him over here. It's, but in the end, it's just stay the course and hope for the best. And meanwhile, he doesn't want uh, Muslims and, and brown people in this country, and he's against killing unborn babies, supposedly, so I'm going to vote for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're tra- you're trying to rationalize to someone. Like, if you were talking to a farmer one-on-one, you might get through to him. But I mean, when you when you start grouping people and that mob mentality takes over, I you know that's one thing I, I did agree with Todd on when he you know has said that multiple times on the show. It, it's it's really hard. You have to humanize a person, and and mobs don't lend themselves to humanizing anybody. They dehumanize people if they, if anything. And I just I think this is I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting discussion, but ultimately. Anyone listening who's a Trump supporter, all we're doing is moving air to them. That's yeah. it. They're, they've already made up their mind. We're
2: trying to and tell a preacher on a street corner that God doesn't exist, and, and he's I mean, going to smile and nod and call you full of shit as soon as you leave. And I mean, it's, it's, it is scary because I
3: think all three of us have talked about politicians that we support, but we also had parts of, you know, things that they did that we did not support. We're mm-hmm. against strongly, you know. And, I mean, to me, that's that's what I thought adult human beings did. But apparently that's right. not what most adult human
1: beings do. I mean, I want Trump out of office. But if in the meantime he can actually do something about the opioid crisis, I would like to see that get done. I and mean, this week he, was, I guess he enlisted Jeff Sessions to sue Uh, the prescription drug manufacturers,
4: which is something that...
2: Just keep Jeffy away from the weed. Keep him busy.
4: (laughs) Right, (laughs)
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, Which I think is something... I think that's a logical course of action. Now, in general, his policy has been totally scattershot. You know, he's talking about uh, higher penalties for doctors and prescription drug uh, companies, but now he's also talking about more death penalty for drug dealers. Like, that's going to actually solve anything, you know? But then he also supports uh, actually subsidizing the widespread use of, uh, what are these, like Narcan? Is that what it's called? Some of these, like, basically drugs that you can shoot people with that'll stop them from ODing. They could
2: possibly save their lives. Well, uh, play both sides of the fence much, Don? I mean, it's... right. So implicate I mean, like, both sides of that argument, really. Yeah.
1: I, I don't support overall. I can't support overall his policy on drugs because it's it's not a coherent policy. But I, I can still hope that it's something I can hope that there's a law... that something comes from the Justice Department suing pharmaceutical companies. I don't know how far they're actually get. I mean I I know that the the uh Pharmaceuticals aren't giving money directly to the Justice Department, but they are giving heavy amounts of money to uh, other branches of government that might have some say in this too. So, but I mean, Trump for and has- coherent
2: policy in the same sentence. That's right. funny. <laughs> I, it, we're, we're, we're almost two years in. Why would he start now? I mean, <laughs> well, you know, there's a there's a.
3: I I don't know. I don't know what to call it. An argument that I'm starting to see <clears throat> online from my more conservative friends and in more conservative websites, and about uh, epipens. Like if someone, if you need one for your kid, you got to pay exorbitant prices. But a junkie can overdose 15 times and get the narc. Oh shit! What is it? Narc- Narcan. Narcan. Thing. I almost said Narcanon. No, it's a 12-step program, I think. But anyways, uh, you can get a Narcan pen via, you know, the, 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 the EMTs or the hospital for free. And is that fair? And it's like, so wait a minute, so is, is, this, is, this the new, is this the new pivot to try to, to, to get our attention off of the fact that we have yeah. an opioid crisis? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well, just saying no didn't work. Right. Well, this and is, this is didn't is work. So now start.
1: we're going to say, look at the children, though. Right this is this is the next step in the non argument. This is exactly what's happening with tr- Trump and Russia and Trump and, and racism. They say, "Well, he didn't collude." You know, he he wasn't even at that meeting. Okay, he was at the meeting, but so what? Okay, so he colluded. We don't even care about that. Right? It's oh, we don't have an opioid crisis. We just have a bunch of people who can't control their their themselves and uh they get wrapped up in drugs. That, that's not me. That's not me and my family. Why do I care? Those are just broken people. They'd be broken no matter what. doesn't matter if you, how they get access to the, the drugs. And then when we present actual real solutions to possibly stop people from dying on overdoses, it turns out that's not even what their concern was in the first place. They don't care that junkies are dying. They don't care that... Muslims are excluded from coming into this country. Oh, absolutely not. They, it's, they it's, don't, that's it, what I'm saying. Like these, I know it doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere, but I think there's an argument to be made that we are, because we're we are stripping away layers of ridiculous argument from bigots, so that they have to just come out and say, all right, I don't like black people, I prefer... That our, our president be, uh, be tied to Russia because at least it's a majority white country. That
2: I don't know, man. Do you want to come out to where I'm at right now and test your theory? What, I mean, what do you mean? People around here would wildly disagree with everything you just said. That they In, love black people
3: me. and they hate Russia?
2: Yeah. No, so what do you, that what do you we're say? stripping away the the arguments of bigots because they're... Heels are still dug in here, sir, in the middle of the country. These people I interface with.
1: Well, OK, so I'm, I'm, I'm not making myself clear then. Nobody's stopping from, nobody's changing their position. It's just we don't have to have the conversation about one side saying Trump is obviously racist and the other side saying, you're just misunderstanding his policies. You know, that's the argument that's getting stripped away. The Stripping away of arguments doesn't change anyone's mind, but it can make somebody who is possibly in the middle, these so-called moderates, could look at that debate and go, okay, wait a minute, clearly there's a saner party arguing here. And maybe I want to go with that one. So it can make a difference. And it, it's a, the person that, the person that's the bigot, you're not going to change their mind. There is no changing their mind. They, they will remain with their heels dug in. But at least we can confront them on the real issues.
3: Well, I guess I, maybe I'm just, I don't know. I, I've, I've, I need to embrace old age because I, I guess I would rather hear from people, hey, why don't you want Muslims in this country? Why? Because Muslims have been known to commit terrorism. Yeah, but not all Muslims—not even the majority. Most of, most Muslims are as benign as your average American Christian. Meaning, oh yeah, I'm going to post a bunch of you know memes on Facebook about how much I love Jesus. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to pick and choose out of that big book of Jewish fairy tales what I'm going to what I'm going to fucking follow and what I'm not. Mm-hmm. But then it la 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 fingers in the ears. I don't see Christians strapping explosives to themselves and blowing themselves up. If they were, if that was the argument, at least I could go, okay, they're wrong, but I, I I get it. It's this, like, covert, you can't really tell, but you can type racism that drives me up the fucking wall. Because then you get to play a game of, of Ring Around the rosy with these people, trying to pin them down. Mm-hmm. And you just want to scream in their face, just fucking say what you fucking mean. Okay? Period. End of story. Right.
1: Like, uh... Laura Ingram in her changing face of uh, oh how did she put it a democratic shift that's happening in America that many of us don't want and certainly no one ever voted for <laughs> what does that even look like you dumb bitch let's I enter- vote on how many Mexicans we're gonna let into the country this this year
3: you know every time I hear that argument I just that's think of the moron. I think of the Bill Hicks quote where he's like, you know, so I heard the Catholic Church is considering letting females be priests. And all I could think to say was, good, now there's priests of both genders. I don't give a shit what they got to say. <laughs> right. I, you know, there's going to be more women and non-white people in politics. Oh, good. So I can just yeah. call more women and non-white, I can just call them crooked pieces of shit. Okay, that's, I'm fine. It doesn't change my life. I mean, what is, that's, that's, what is this fear of losing shit? Get the fuck out of major cities and realize how white this fucking country really is. Seriously. We got, oh, yeah. we got motherfucking waffle houses all over the place. <laughs> all right? It don't get much more white than it. Cracker Barrel. Sorry. Cracker Barrel. <laughs> With the gift shops. That's as white as it gets. I mean, it, like, it, grow the fuck up. All right? You're fine. Don't worry. Believe it or not, women and people of color aren't looking to invade North Dakota. You know, they're not looking to, to, to get in there and, 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 and darken up Nebraska.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, it, you can right. still oh, stay. But, but homosexuals and blacks are all over the television shows now. Yeah, and there's like 10 times as many television shows as there was when you were watching four channels. And, so, and, and there's plenty of white people TV still. There's, pro- there's actually more white people TV than there was then. And but I know it's being shoved down your throat. Every time you flip a channel on cable, here comes a gay, here comes a woman with an opinion.
3: Well, I mean, let's be honest here. If you did just go by popular culture, you would seriously think like half the the, the population's gay.
4: By like, popular
1: culture as in who's making the shit that people want to watch? Yeah. Absolutely.
3: I mean, mean, you know, and I understand that it's a it's the overcorrection to the fact that you know they were underrepresented for so long, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I don't think it is an overcorrection in that respect. I think it's I people are just overwhelmingly saying, I don't want to watch shows about fucking all white people all the time anymore. I want to watch shows. From people with diverse opinions and backgrounds and and ethnicities and and all of that.
2: Yeah, but Aaron, you know, I, do I, they want to watch or are they made to watch them? Who's making you watch shit? Okay, no, hold not, on. Let's, saying, on. Let's not, not open this. I'm channel. not saying okay. making. I'm saying the the nobody forces you to do anything. the programming. The pro.
1: So the, the so the studios are actively going. We need to have more gay people in our shows, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Studios, only, studios only make decisions based on eyeballs. But here's, so it's here's, the same, same thing. Here's, here's, people, people want to watch it. That's why the studios are making it.
3: Here's where my problem arises. And I'm going to go out on a limb and, and probably say, if I explain myself correctly, I think you'll agree, Aaron. I'm tired of turning on something, and it's like, whether it be a sitcom, a drama, whatever, and there's a gay person, or there's a person of color, or whatever the fuck is the, is the, is the proper term to use this minute, 10.08 p.m. on a fucking Thursday, all right, and that's their sole defining characteristic on the show. Give me more than that. Okay, great. You're gay. And what else? There's plenty. There's plenty of examples of that in popular culture that get mm-hmm. overlooked. Omar was gay on The Wire. That's not yeah. Omar's defining characteristic. Right. It's just it's it, No more than McNulty likes pussy. No. And Bonk no, likes to get drunk. You know. I know what
1: you mean. You know. The, I mean. The, and on uh, the Netflix show uh, Grace and Frankie, they have one of the daughters of the two main characters has. A, a business that she runs and she has a secretary that's gay that's pretty much his own only thing is that he comes in and acts flaming he's not a bad character he's funny but that's all there is to him. we never know anything more about this guy except for he's a flaming homo and that's that's what you're describing you know it's it's uh oh what's the word for it it's a caricature gratuitous I don't, well. I don't think gratuitous is I think gratuitous is your word like that guy's too gay No it's <laughs> I want it, to see it, a gay it, guy too gay for other gay
3: guys cuz that's really gay
2: <laughs> No it's it, no it's more like it's there to be like hey look a gay guy
3: Yeah that's the thing Right it's the shoehorn I can't in, agree with you on that the pandering and shoehorning characters in and and doing it and going see right. we're so progressive no the fuck you're not no, the fuck you're not. you're not. You might be doing ultimately the right thing, but you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're not, you're not humanizing these people to a group of people who look at them as less than. You're just playing into stereotypes. And, yeah, I understand, I, I haven't seen the show you're talking about, but I know this the, the, the type of character you're talking about. Yeah. And you, that's been since, ho- oh, shit. Who was who homeboy who always sat center square in the 70s in Hollywood Squares? Yeah. Oh, um, my God. Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, yeah. That's been a caricature for fucking since I've been alive. Mm -hmm. Can we evolve? Like, it's like the white guy that can't dance. I get it. I'm Irish. Mm -hmm. I have sober Irish people, and I've been to weddings with them. They can't dance. Fine. Can we can we Mm. there's other things to pick on us about.
1: I see some Jews that can dance like a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You ever been uh, to a Jewish wedding?
3: MC Search would agree with you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> how, come, how come the character Jack on Will and Grace gets a pass it's literally like every gay stereotype shoved into one character and nobody seems to have a problem with it because, well, because it,
1: when did it originate
2: it originated well, what 20 years ago
1: well first of all
2: he's one of two leads that are gay male right Eric and, McCormick and, isn't gay Eric McCormick is a straight man the guy who plays Will is straight so I also understand. how is that nothing?
1: why are we talking about this is We're talking about the. How's that not akin
2: to a minstrel show in this day? Come on.
1: Now, are we going to have a real conversation about this? Look, there two versions of gay men that were portrayed on that show, right? And there was they were definitely illustrating the difference between them, and they were also showing you that look, this is some gay guys act like this, and some guys don't. So that's how they got away with it. And also, Jack was a full character, right? He just—he wasn't the guy who breezed in with a couple one-liners and a limp wrist. Did you ever watch the show? <laughs> yeah, I watched the show, and you got to know about like. But he is every gay cliche rolled into one character. Absolutely, but he was also a full character. And look, where do these cliches come from? Some people act like that. <laughs> I
3: mean, that's that's. That's the bitch about stereotypes. People say you shouldn't stereotype people. The problem is stereotypes are based with grains of truth in them. Right. I, 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 a, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just the reality of it. If you have an issue with it, take it up with the
1: no. I mean, mother the nature the is, creator. But if you see a guy with a limp wrist and think that you know everything about that person because of that affect, that, that that's where your problem comes in. <laughs> like, you can understand that these things come from reality and and these are you know traits that exist in the real world. But if you're just judging that person like, oh, there's a gay guy and and that's how you identify and define that person, well then that's that's limiting to somebody. That you're not you're not really accepting them as a full human, a well rounded person.
3: Well I mean something like uh uh will and grace to me is it's it's the mcdonald's version of a sitcom all right mm-hmm. it's 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 like big bang theory yeah. you know it's something your grandmother is going to go oh that's cute you know what i'm saying like it's 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 safe there's sitcoms that and this kind of folds into the conversation i was kind of wanting to have television has evolved so much in the last 20 years that there are sitcoms that it's not just okay. We have the archetype characters. Here comes the grumpy dad. Mm-hmm. Here comes the peacemaking mom. Here comes you know, the neglected middle child, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. There's there's layers to them, and I, that's yeah. The problem is, is that there's a lot of people that that don't want layers. You know, they just want give me a Big Mac. I'm good.
1: Get that avocado yep. off my hamburger. What's wrong with you?
2: Well, and, yeah, th- and that's Big Bang thing on like its twelfth season. That should be proof enough.
1: Right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of half-hour comedies out there, but I don't personally think of them as sitcoms. To me, sitcom is a definite thing. It, a sitcom has this rhythm to it that's totally different. Like, like I was talking about uh, Grace and Frankie and Netflix. It's a half-hour show. It's funny. It's not a sitcom. It's not filmed at all like a sitcom. It's it's and,
3: not it's not four cameras in a live studio audience,
1: right? And it has a totally different rhythm to it. And if it was an hour, I'd watch it. You know, sometimes I'll just watch two of them back to back. It whereas like the Big Bang is still working on a specific rhythm of show. It's not even really comedy, right? It's just <laughs> I I don't know. Like I guess. Uh, Pen Gillette put it best in my mind because he he was talking about how he hadn't he doesn't watch a lot of TV, and he was doing a fast recently, and you know had a lot of time to pass just laying around on the couch and watch some sitcoms, and he was like, "You're totally out of that. Really, after not watching sitcom, not even like really having seen a sitcom in years, you had to kind of be trained to watch it, and when you're not." trained to follow that rhythm, it's just nothing. There's, like, nothing there. It's like a pop song. It's vaporous. It's just three minutes are up and it disappears.
3: Well, isn't that what you know, we basically... And it's all
1: made to a formula.
3: It's isn't that basically, be story. I'm sorry. I was what, just going to say, isn't, it, isn't that basically what, like, when, when we started talking about the, the Roseanne revival, mm-hmm. the first couple episodes were jarring for yeah, that
1: very like, reason. It was very traditional sitcom, and I just, I wasn't used to following that. And I mean, even, like, if I catch... Something that I used to watch, you know, fucking WKRP or Sanford and Son or, or something like that. I, I'm not really. I'm kind of half tuned out. Like I watch a little bit of it, and yeah, ha, ha, I remember this shit. And then I'm on Twitter, you know, or a commercial pops up and it changes the channel. You know, I'm you
3: not. Know what? That's a very good way to describe it because there's a show on Netflix called The Ranch that everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody at work was talking about and I was like, all right, it, it's a four-camera laugh track live studio audience show. What's so great about it? And they're like, no, no, it's got, like, a ton of people from that 70s show, legit actors in it. You know, it's it's yes, it's got its sitcom moments, but it's, it's, you know, deeper than that. Give it a shot. And I watched it, and I ended up watching, you know, I think the episodes are, like, 20 minutes long, and there's, like, 10 per season. So, I mean, you can get through them real quick. Mm-hmm. Ended up watching the whole thing, and it was just like you said. It was very good to put on while I'm doing something else.
4: Yeah,
1: you
3: know, and it's like it's
1: background not- music. It's like <clears throat> light jazz, you know. <laughs> it's up to this Brain nice candy in a root canal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Next up on ninety-eight point seven Smooth Jazz, Grover Washington Jr. All right, we're gonna swing now. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's and I mean, there's a place for. That's the thing. Like I, you know, I get accused by a lot of my friends, rightfully so, in a lot of ways, of being like, you know, snobby and and hipster ish. Some of them just let out call me a hipster, and I'm like, I'm fat and I'm ugly and I don't have a trendy haircut. How the fuck can I be a hipster? Um, and I'm not rich and I don't spend a ton of money to look like I'm poor. I'm just poor. <laughs> but you know, it's I there's. Guilty pleasures, mind candy, for lack of a better, you know, way of putting it. Shit that I, it's yeah, it has no nutritional value. Yeah. there's no deeper meaning to it, but I enjoy it, and if you know, it, it, that's okay. Like I, I feel like like a lot of oh, the, really. a lot of the criticism that comes at it, it, and I'm guilty of it to an extent myself. It shows like the Big Bang Theory is. It's like, oh my god, it's the lowest common denominator for people who really, who who don't know nerd culture but want to act like they do. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, of course. Do you think they're going to sit there and really get into, like, tabletop miniature games and explain them in detail for 30 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. No, no one would watch that.
2: Well, I'd watch that episode. That.
1: <laughs> <See>? Okay. <laughs> right, but their their audience would drastically narrow.
2: Oh, definitely, Yes. And As soon I mean, somebody says, "Roll for initiative, just TVs across the country, just <laughs> changing the channel. right. I mean, I, I make no judgments. I understand. Like sometimes
1: you want a snickers' bar and sometimes you want a full meal, right? It's like saying, like if you considered uh, I don't know, Mozart to be the epitome of music, the best composer in the world, and nothing's ever touched that. And then you just, what, listen to Mozart for the rest of your fucking life because no one's going to make anything better than that? Or do you want to hear, uh, you know, a, a decent pop song every once in a while?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, hey, variety's the spice of life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I love a show like The Sopranos, which you can watch it on a surface level and be entertained. Or you could sit there and really watch it and pay attention. And... Pick up all the background stuff that's going on and all and, and, and the foreshadowing that happens constantly through that show and the subtext of a lot of what's going on mm-hmm. and enjoy it just as much. I mean to me that's the mark of a good show. That's a mark it's the yeah. mark of any good art where someone well, can just go, Hey, I like this song, and then you could pick it apart as a musician and it still holds up.
1: I think uh Castle Rock is a perfect example of that. Um I've read a decent amount of Stephen King books, but you've read way more than I. We both watched the Castle Rock show, and I was into it because it was, I mean, it's well-directed. It's got a great cast. It's a super interesting story. The way this puzzle is unfolding, I find completely fascinating. And there's just meanwhile, references left and right that are just zinging right past me, and I don't even fucking notice or care. <laughs> and and meanwhile, you know, then Rich watches him and goes, oh, shit, you know, he's telling me all this shit that went down, and this connects to this person, and this, and I'm like, that's great, you know, so he's enjoying it on a whole nother level that I'm not, but that doesn't take anything away from my enjoyment of it. I don't know, you gotta I don't know where I'm going with this, but you got to kind of have the whole package, don't you?
3: Well, I, I also think that it that it speaks to really I'm going to I'm going to go ahead. Yes, yeah, Stand by Me was a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a Rob Reiner movie in 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 people who aren't Stephen King's fans' eyes. They Yeah. You, you know, they say that movie they think, "Oh, Rob Reiner directed it." If they care at all. Um
1: right. It's almost like the I mean, The Shining is Is is
3: a Stephen King story, but that's a Stanley Kubrick movie.
1: Right. Absolutely.
3: 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That movie is cold and methodical and just drips Stanley Kubrick and almost nothing of Stephen King except for the bare bones structure. It's like going up to a house that's just a frame. And Stanley Kubrick did everything else. And, I mean, so, but the Shawshank Redemption, when that came out, Frank Darabont took that short story that is in no way a horror story, unless it's the horror of an innocent man going to prison. And people were like, oh, wait a minute, this is a Stephen King story. Stephen King's capable of this. And it's, he started getting taken seriously. And then, you know, the green mile come out and, you know, there's been a, there's been a few serious adaptations of his, of his stuff. And I mean, there's obviously the, the, you know, the bullshit, the children of the corn 15, you know, wipe right. our ass with corn cobs, you know, whatever the fuck. And I think hey, the dish
1: don't sleep on sleepwalkers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then you have Stephen King's version of the shining, the four part miniseries. And I was like, really unnecessary. Don't under, but okay, whatever. I get it. You pissed off that Kubrick changed your story, dude. You can hold a grudge. We got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 30 years. Like- and you had to remake it. <laughs> 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 and all i know yeah. is that he had at one point he was sitting in a casting room going who are we going to get to play the role nicholson played get the guy from wings and it's just like what <laughs> okay but no it's, I, I castle rock is to me like you said even if you're not a stephen king fan you can enjoy it but i think it's it's starting to i guess give him some sort of Legitimate credit as a storyteller, you know. Whereas before he was America's Schlockmeister, now he's like there's people that consider him like a modern version of like a Mark Twain, mm-hmm. you know, just telling stories from, you know, where, uh, perfect example. When he was younger, it was always, mm-hmm. oh, he's like Edgar Allan Poe or or you know a modern Poe or a modern Lovecraft. Now people actually compare him to like quote unquote legit authors.
1: Right, whereas once he was kind of seen as, that's just this genre thing that's over here, and we're realizing, I think, through watching Castle Rock, how much of this is just seeped into our culture completely.
3: And how much he's thought this shit out. This isn't a case of a writer throwing darts at a board blindfolded right. and going, I'm going to connect these two things. This right. is... He's this got this is,
1: whole universe in his head, and he's just showing you different aspects of it with these books.
3: Li- yes, literally. And it's it's I don't know, man. It's it's I, I oh god, I I really didn't need a new show to nerd out on, but yeah, this show has done it, man. It's it's like made me want to go back and start rereading Stephen King books I've read literally probably half a dozen times, but yeah. like I, it's been a while since I've been that motivated by by something like that. But that also, to me, that also speaks to how good television has become.
1: Oh, tremendously. And it, I just want to say about Castle Rock, though, uh, if anyone is interested in watching, it hasn't started yet, at least get to episode six. <laughs> I know, it's almost weird that we can say, like, if, it, if a story can't hook you in, in a couple hours, then what's it really doing? But if it has your interest but you're like where is this going things really open up uh, i think which uh, episode six is like the halfway point of the season or somewhere around there and that episode i think is so stunning that these fucking creators these writers and directors and everybody involved in this i think they damn near out david lynch david lynch like I enjoyed the last season of Twin Peaks, but it's not really understandable by anyone. I don't care how much you think you've <laughs> watched and rewatched and understood like, all these fan theories about what's going on. You have no fucking clue what's going on inside that guy's head. But this, this Castle Rock has uh, that same kind of sense of. Uh, The same time, wonderment and and terror, right? That that it presents with you at the same time, where like you want to know more, right? Like horror movies don't really do it for me because if I'm supposed to be the person that's being chased, like then I'm not going in that dark room. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not even going to the fucking campground, you know. Like I'm just out of there. I'm. Whereas a story like this. I still identify with these characters. we so like you know you watch them almost like walking into the meat grinder, but there's something fascinating there that you know some something that's gonna make all this fucked up shit going on around them make sense, and so they're striving after that
3: yeah <laughs> so in other words, Aaron, you are like. The Eddie Murphy horror movie where he's like, right. you know, the Amityville horror wouldn't have happened with me because I'd have walked in and been like, hey, baby, we got a nice price in this house. Big yard. Kids are playing. Get out. Oh. Too bad we can't stay. <laughs> 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 we got to go. Get your shit. Get the kids. Let's go. There's a yeah. pig upstairs. I see his red eyes. Uh-uh. No, no, no. One pig I want is on my plate. Let's go. I mean, it, <laughs> I understand. See, that's where. <sighs> that's why I, got, I used to be a big horror fan. Growing Mm -hmm. up, and I mean, like growing up, it was the cheesy shit. Yeah, I love the horse. You know, (laughs) number one, she was a hua. But uh, no, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, I I liked all the cheesy shit, Nightmare on Elm Street, and 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 Friday the Thirteenth. And I realized, you know, it was because I was a kid; I wasn't supposed to be watching this shit. And really, the motivation to watch it was to see how creative they got with the next kill. That was it. I'm over that now. And the other thing I'm over is these PG-13 jump scare horror movies that are coming out just by the bushelful oh, every God. year. It seems like, and I'm just I'm over. They all it. have
1: the same f- fucking trailer. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Is that all you can get? Is like sappy tones, strobe lights, and close-ups, and a creepy girl singing a uh, fucking song that somebody sings when they skip rope. You know, I watched. The
3: first paranormal activity because all my friends, oh, Rich, dude, you're a Stephen King fan. You're a horror fan. you got to watch this movie. It is the best horror movie ever. And I was like, all right, man. I, I, and I, I did my best to set aside the buildup. And I watched that whole boring piece of shit. And it's the payoff so, was a, it's a jump scare at the end. That's it. I know. That's, that's the whole payoff. I just sat for an hour and a half to watch someone jump at the camera and turn into a demon. I can watch that on the internet in thirty seconds.
2: Spoiler alert, Rich.
3: Well, there's like (laughs) eighteen of them now, so I mean, I'm pretty sure they've evolved to like giving you the jump scare throughout the movie. But you know, I mean, like the beauty of something like is as maligned as this movie has been, rightfully so in a lot of ways. But I'll still defend it. The Blair Witch Project, the 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 original, Mm -hmm. not the remake or the second one or any of that bullshit, is one. It used viral marketing before anyone even fucking coined that phrase yeah and it used it so well that i was in the movie theater where people they're going oh my god they found this footage like (laughs) they thought the shit was real right and i was like no we would have fucking heard about this before now are you serious (laughs) but but then there's and this is where i'll defend the movie people go there's no payoff you never see the witch you don't see any gory kills yeah because it, it lets your mind fuck with you yeah yeah I agree.
1: I enjoyed the Blair Witch. I've enjoyed none of the movies that it's spawned, either directly or through influence.
3: Yeah, and I mean, like it's one of the. I just had this conversation with with a a friend the other day. He goes, "How can you read a horror novel and be scared? What's scary about reading words? (laughs) (laughs) Have an
2: imagination, dipshit."
3: Exactly. I said, "It's not when you're reading it necessarily that you're scared, even though." There's a handful of books that have done that to me where I had to close the book and be like, okay, this is just a book. Yeah, <laughs> You
1: know, this is <laughs> bullshit. I'm scared by paper. <laughs> <laughs> but it puts ideas in your head that you didn't have before. Oh, and that's what f- books do.
3: Fuck yeah. I mean, like, and my uncle, he still might be. I don't know. I, 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 we just really don't talk about this type of stuff anymore. But he was great when I was a kid with planting seeds in your head, that at the time seemed like no problem and knock you like, ah, no big deal. And it would just fuck with you later. Like shit. Like everyone's terrified of going up the stairs. What happens when you're upstairs and you see someone shadow at the foot of the stairs and you got nowhere to run. And I'm like, why are you? I'm six. Why are you (laughs) doing this to me? (laughs) I remember,
1: I remember watching close encounters and the fucking alien gets out of the ship, you know, the stringy fucking big-eyed alien. And my uncle, who was probably half drunk, was just like, that's what humans are going to look like in 3,000 years. <laughs> and that, I couldn't stop thinking about that. I still think about it to this day.
3: Yeah, one of the one of the ones that got me the most, I've, that I've actually gotten a few people with, uh, is he goes, you, you know, when you're a kid and you're scared to go in a room and you reach around the corner for the light switch. And I'm like, yeah, yeah what would happen if you felt like a cold, dead hand touch your hand and move it to the light switch? Like it wants you to see it. And I'm like, thanks. Now I get to sleep with the light on until I'm 20. I appreciate that, Uncle Bill. Yes. Again, I'm fucking six. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, this is before he had his own kids. And I think once he had his own kids, that's one of the reasons. He was like, nope, none of that shit with my children. I'm not sleeping, I'm not having them crawl in my bed when they're six years old. <laughs> don't tell them shit that I told you. But no, uh, I, it, it, and that's the thing about Castle Rock, I don't think it's necessarily scary, but you said creepy, and that, that absolutely nails it. Because so far, I, to be honest with you, the first two episodes I was watching, I was going, where's the jump scare? Here it comes. Like, kind of yeah. bracing myself for it, waiting for it. And when they didn't take the cheap way out, I was like, oh, okay. And it's, and I, it, it, Before I forget, as far as you saying, you know, you got to give it till episode, let's say, six. I think that's one of the things that shows like The Sopranos, Six Feet Under the Wire, have done for a good number of television viewers is allow them, is to give them the patience for them to set up something, something to happen. Because I remember when the fourth season of The Sopranos premiered, every week I'd watch it. We used to have watch parties. Like, my, like we'd go to friends' houses, or they'd come to my house, and we'd watch it. And everybody bitched for the first half of that season that nothing is fucking happening. This is the most boring season of Sopranos. Nothing's happening. And then, you know, Tony kills Ralphie in the middle of the season. And that was like, oh, shit. Oh, they blew their load too soon. They can't top that. And then the yeah. last episode was him and Carmelo splitting up. Yeah. And, I mean, looking back now, that's one of the best seasons of The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. It's got some of the best moments in the entire series, but no one really appreciated it at the time, and I think that there's more and more creators in television who aren't assuming their audience is stupid anymore, that they don't need to be spoon-fed shit. And, you know, Ethan Hawke made a statement recently that it was hard to get the type of movies that he loves to do made. You know, for every purge he does, he has to do three or four of those to get, like, one boyhood movie made. And... Mm -hmm. He's like, nowadays, it's just tentpole movies, genre movies that they can make cheap, and they know they're going to recoup three, four times what they cost to make, and every once in a while, a little indie will bubble up, and then what happens? If you look at the directors of a lot of those little indie movies, here come Marvel or DC or whoever the fuck, and they, and they snatch these directors
1: up, and boom, here you go. Now you're going to direct this tentpole. Wait, Taika Watiti. The perfect example of that.
3: Yeah, I mean, even Ryan Johnson. Or uh, you know, Josh Brick. Trank. Yep. Uh, uh, I remember watching Brick in 2005, and as much as I was like, I didn't think it was like, as great as it's been hyped up, it was like, wow, this guy has a definitive style to him as a director.
4: Yeah.
3: You can see, it's like, it's, like a, it's like watching a Tarantino movie. Even if you don't know who the fuck wrote it, if you know Tarantino movies, and I show you a Tarantino movie you hadn't seen, ten minutes of, maybe not even that, five minutes of it, you're going to go, tarantino write this or direct this because this is straight up tarantino no one talks like that in real life <laughs> no one talks <laughs> in like monologue
1: but there was a, a second part to that ethan Hawke quote, wasn't there you told me about this the other day
3: oh yeah he said was, that a, yeah go ahead
1: well that he couldn't get you know an, an independent movie made and with any success but he can get a television show made
3: yeah and it seems what he's saying it seems like that's where the, a lot of the chance takers are going. Right. And, I mean, you know, it makes sense because you have Hulu, Amazon, Netflix that will take a chance on a show that would last three episodes on broadcast television.
1: Yeah. Well, also, you know, if you want to see a movie that's on Netflix and you're not a subscriber, you go, okay, they want, uh, you know, what, 11 bucks now a month. For a subscription, or I could just rent this one movie for three or four bucks and watch it. But if you go, oh, there's a show that I want to watch on there, I'll just get it for a month and watch that show. Uh-huh. By that time, you've seen all the other content, and then you're not unsubscribing.
2: Oh, yeah, you got your Whereas, free one, Then you're hooked.
1: Right, right. It's like drugs. Well, I, you know, it, it is th- like drugs. <laughs> As in it eats up a lot of my time and money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but dude, like? The first month is free, right? Hey, first month yeah. is free. Yeah, it is. You're
3: like, hey, honey, you're like a drug. Oh, you can't live without me? No, you cost me money and destroy my life. <laughs> and that's and that's Rich's hot take on love for the episode. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, uh, the we had all
1: that talk about death and destruction I'd hate to uh, not mention. I would dare say my personal hero <laughs> this week. Uh, even th- this is a man who took his own life in a plane crash in a plane that he stole. And uh, the only the, the uh, real no reason I so
2: we could play the audio. It's it's <laughs> fucking hilarious, man.
1: The audio, yeah. If you haven't heard it, I would go listen. It's it's almost unnerving how calm he is, but. I think, honestly, listening to how calm he was made me okay with the whole thing, right? Because a guy died, sure, that should be tragic, but you know what? It's not, because this guy wanted to die. And who am I t- to tell him he has to go on living, right? Just it because I thoughtful. think... Well, he,
2: was, he was having the air traffic controllers direct him to where he wouldn't uh, hit an area uh, populated with people. Exactly.
1: Here's a suicidal person who gets, hits the news for once not trying to take out other people before he, he dies. Exactly.
3: To listeners who are considering suicide, that's how you do it. Yeah. You don't take out other people. You just take yourself out. Not that I'm endorsing suicide for anyone in anybody, but if you're going <laughs> to do it,
1: don't be an asshole.
4: You
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> and be entertaining you know, like and, this guy was. And, you know... Of course, you have to consider the aspect of this Of this guy maybe had some kind of mental problems that could have been overcome with proper therapy and medication or whatever. Who knows? And, of course, I think that's true with a lot of people who are suicidal. But, look, a, a person who... <laughs> Is at least a semi capable adult who sees no point in going on living. Who the fuck am I to tell them to do otherwise?
3: Yeah, and some of the criticism I've heard about is well, he stole a piece of uh, private property and destroyed it. And it's like, okay,
1: wait wait, wait a minute. Really? That's what you took away from this? That fucking punk as fuck. Who gives a fuck? You know? (laughs) Who gives a fuck? (laughs) You're telling me that plane wasn't insured? that's exactly okay We
3: yeah. all bitch about the cost of car insurance in this state all right so oh a, an insurance company is gonna have to cough up some money you know what i'm saying like, I, like i'm sorry poo-poo. i don't yeah I, I it's going
1: broke you have to do it
3: you have to do your job every once in a while it's a damn shame isn't it like you can't just you can't just be cedric the entertainer from barbershop and just sit in a chair all day and pontificate you actually got to get up and cut some hair once in a while it's horrible
1: I mean, and I'm not saying that I hope that everyone who wants to commit suicide steals a
2: plane. But, but if you do, you better be funny on the recording. <laughs> my favorite part was when he asked the, the air traffic controllers if he thought the plane could do a backflip. That was my favorite part. <laughs> do, don't you need legs to do a backflip? Like, what? <laughs> and he did barrel... I mean, even even on the recording, he was like he talked about how he threw up in the mask because he did a barrel roll. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he and he asked him, he's like, "How do I depressurize the cabin? Because I'm starting to get lightheaded." It's like you know, just okay, you know, all right, dude. Once once again, the thing that strikes me is that is a person, for whatever reason. I mean, obviously, there's gonna be people who feel if you kill yourself, you're you're, you're you can never be in your right mind, the moment of committing to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he had some underlying issues and it's probably going to come out and there's going to be people that that are going to want us to feel bad for laughing about the situation, and I'm going to laugh at them. That's why I'm happier than them. But, um, I mean, he was absolutely at peace with that decision to be that calm, knowing what he was going to do. I mean, that is – I don't know, like – you know, right. I've said many times, I'm, I've watched family members and take care of family members who've wasted away and died. I won't go that route, but I don't know if at the moment I could be that calm and cavalier about it,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and and cracking jokes. You know,
1: I'm being and, like the guy and Heather's like uh, uh, stick a bomb up a lion's butt and ride them both off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know and i'm sure that i i'm I've, I've missed some opinion piece somewhere that you know like i said no one should joke about this this person
1: oh, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody who's tweeted in all caps with hand claps in between every word that <laughs> this is a story about depression
2: <laughs> it didn't it didn't and sound it, depressed <laughs> <laughs> really didn't
3: maybe you know what though maybe he was just like fuck it i'm going to do it and call up my molly dealer Get high as fuck and go out just happy as shit doing barrel rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the final explosion is going to be
2: the best light show I ever got while rolling. You know? Another favorite part of the story for me is all the indignation from the aviation professionals. It's not that easy to fly a plane. Well, he was an air traffic controller, just got in a plane and ended up flying. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it is.
1: Well,. Really, I guess the, the only hard part is landing.
3: Yeah, landing's been described to me by pilots as a controlled crash. So you want to control it as much as possible. And then I'm like, so what happens when you're in the air? And they're like, oh, well, if you're an airline pilot, yeah. You put that shit on autopilot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So it's not like the movie Flight with Denzel Washington? And they're like... No, <laughs> it's in some fucking movie. Why Was,
2: was my Clark always say the plane wants to fly. It wants to stay in the air? are like, how many snakes have you found on your planes? <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, if there's anything I've learned from commando is you can stow away on the front the front of the landing gear and survive when they put it up. not be crushed whatsoever. If or just percent. freeze
1: to death or suffocate. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing,
2: yeah. You could yeah. also kill the person in the seat wow. next to you and, you know, mm. with impunity. Arnold has uh, survived... He's dead <laughs> tired.
4: Yeah.
2: Arnold has uh, survived the
1: vacuum of space, so pretty much <laughs> proved unkillable. Oh, God, thank
3: you for reminding me that...
1: Arr, arr, and his just, eyes are bulging <laughs> out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like... Okay, maybe he could survive, but his eyes would go back into his head?
3: <laughs> what? I, I recently rewatched that, and I was like, oh, boy. I thought this was the shit when I was a kid. This does not hold up.
1: Looking at him now, it's like, oh, shit, he looks like Large Marge from uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure.
3: He looks like those squeeze toys we had <laughs> like, as a kid. You'd squeeze it, and the <laughs> eyes would pop out, <laughs> and then he'd let it go, and they come back. Yeah. <laughs> And like the whole quato coming out of the dude's chest and it's like, oh man, that really doesn't hold up, does it? No. Oh. <laughs> like the chick with the three tits holds up better than anything in that movie.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well it's, it's certainly the most believable. I mean, I'm sure we've are, we already have a person with three tits out there, right? Wasn't they a Mori or something? I mean that has, that has I, to I, exist. I, if it, if I, if I ran into a chick
3: and I liked her, and she always wore baggy sweaters, and then she popped her top one day and she had three tits, and I'm like, how that happened? I grew up next to Fermi, too. <laughs> okay, more titty for daddy. I'm fine with it. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's just one milk water
1: out of order. Great, wonderful. I know uh, which one's which. <laughs> you know, that's the joke. You put it on the back, so when you're dancing,
3: well, yeah, it's like the guy with two dicks. Like what chick is you know, you know? She might be shocked at first, but then she's gonna be like, "Hmm, there's some possibilities here." You know, it's like you never have you, know, you never have too much titty, never have too much dick. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: here's, here's the title. Yeah, of them, so, too much titty, too much dick. <laughs> I think there is a cap on both of those. Like for me, it's two titties, no dick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're not into the you're not into the traps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ! Uh, well, um, oh shit! What was what was the other thing we talked about? What else?
4: People are getting stuff. measles.
2: Yeah, oh because yeah! A Playboy, play, because a Playboy playmate decided to dispense medical advice okay. 15 years ago.
3: Good I job, everybody. So. Why couldn't she just hand out blowjobs and titty fucks instead of that bullshit advice? I'd have gotten that long blowjob line. Now I got to worry about fucking some kid coming up to me. Coughing and I got spinal meningitis or some shit. The fuck? Like, is this... uh, Guys, look, I don't know. My daughter was vaccinated. It was never an issue with me. Is this an issue with anybody that you know
2: or your family members or friends and their kids... No, and it's been disproven, too, as far as the, the whole autism scare. They have disproven that. That was Jenny McCarthy popping off 15 years ago. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, that was she was popping off about one specific study that a, a, a doctor or scientist did. I can't remember what. And that was completely disproven. Right? there's no consensus on any of this that's the thing these are not consumers of science these are not even believers in science. These are people that find one story that confirms with their beliefs and then holds it up like it's the Bible oh,
3: I love those people. They're fun to have a discussion with especially hmm. when, you, when you when you go, okay, so this study uh what, when they when they did a peer review on it, what they say and they go what's a peer review right you're just like. Okay, so how about them tigers? Some nice <laughs> weather we're having, because there's no point in having this conversation.
1: Right. Well, maybe now at least we can have a, a conversation on what's worse, measles or autism. All right? Fine. I'll give you. All right. Let's assume that it causes autism. What would you rather have?
3: Polio or, alti- uh, or autism. Hmm. Right. I'll see patterns and be socially awkward versus crippled. How about that? Yeah. I'm good with that, yeah. I mean, especially these days where we go out of our way, and that, I know that sounds like I'm shitting on going out of our way, but I'm just, it's just, I'm just stating the fact to have schooling for kids with autism and have awareness for kids with autism instead of just, you know, throw those kids in special ed class in the back of the school. Then right. they show up and, and they, they eat lunch in that class and they never change classes. You know, you see them at graduation, like, who, who the fuck are you? I saw you in four years going to the school. You know, it's not—it's not like it was even when we were kids. So I mean, I, and I, it, it, it gets into the whole. Uh, Jesus Christ! When do we start taking scientific advice from people who take their clothes off for a living?
2: <laughs> Last I mean, decade.
3: Yeah, <laughs> she's hot, and if I want, like, if if I want makeup tips, uh. If I'm going to dye my hair blonde, and what shade goes with my... my I autumn, or whatever the fuck? Yes, uh, Jenny McCarthy, tell
2: me about it. I, but uh, who the fuck... What gets half hard? She's my first, you know, consultant. Yes, who the fuck... What does Chris Hardwick's d- dick taste like? Yes, exactly.
3: But who the <laughs> fuck goes... I'm going to turn on the internet. I have the world of knowledge at my fingertips. What does Jenny McCarthy say about vaccinations? Right. Well,
1: but you, you can't discredit her because she has an autistic child. I mean, it's like it's like going to a mother who lost a child to cancer and saying, any ideas on how to cure this cancer stuff? Well, we're out. We haven't found any cures yet. We just thought maybe you'd have a... Like, what, what the fuck is she supposed to know? Like, you want to ask your opinion on how to handle having a kid that's autistic? Perfect. That's your job. Go out there and talk to people about parenting... An autistic child, and how to make their lives better. How to how to communicate with them. But instead, she uses that platform to to spread. I mean, I don't know.
3: Literally spread misinformation that could that could ruin pe- people's lives. Mm-hmm. And not people she- who had a, not people who had a decision or had a. Of it's not like these are adults who are avoiding the vaccinations for themselves. They're making decisions for babies. The weakest, I mean, it, it, when you are born, anybody who's a parent knows this. This is just a big ball of weak. It is, it is <laughs> the word of the week on ChristopherMedia.net. It is soft. It is your job <laughs> to get it ready for this hard, cold world. And it, what kind of person looks at this soft baby and goes, not soft enough. How can I make it softer? It's like, it, it, seriously, I... And if, if, if I was her kid... At a certain point, I think I, as I got older, I go, "Wait a minute! So you had me. I'm autistic, and your fight became against vaccinations, not like you said, Aaron, how to properly raise right. an autistic child. That's you couldn't. You you didn't write a book about that. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You know, go on talk shows about that. No, you went on The View and and yelled at Whoopi Goldberg about." Mercury and in, in vaccinations yeah. is this is this for, all
2: connected to some hubris? Like my yeah. my my genetics couldn't have produced this; it had to be something else, right? Yeah, some some chemical the government injected
1: into my cat, co- my kid it wasn't my fault. I'm a Playboy playmate. I don't make an
2: imperfect person.
1: Must have been a chemical. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. It's a way to kind of not take responsibility. And look, for all we know. Autism could just be something that happens and will continue to happen. You know, It seems like uh, a more modern phenomenon, and so we want to attribute causes that must be from the way that we live now, right? It's got to be in something that we're breathing or eating. It's got to be something in our environment or our medicines or in our water that's causing this. And really, what it is, is we're getting better at identifying these things. Exactly. And, and being able to classify it and then start attacking the problem, right? and There might not be a way to stop people from being born with autism, but we might actually get to the point where we stop classifying it as a disorder, right? These people are just wired differently, and we have to learn how to communicate with them, right? It's not that you can't communicate. They don't, part of autism is that you don't really communicate with other people in the same way that comes natural to everybody else, right? Babies know how to fucking make eye contact and recognize faces and mimicry and all this shit that we use that is very effective to have us communicate our ideas with each other. And autistic people don't have that and it doesn't, it's not that they can't have it, but it doesn't come naturally to them, right? And so then I think in the past we just thought, well, kid's simple. Kid's retarded. The kid's got, you know, problems. Put them in a special ed class, let's forget about it. Put them in a home, let's forget about it. They didn't know how to deal with it. it was so, you know, honestly, we might start, we might get to the point where we stop looking at this as something's defective with that person. They are just, you know... Not even different. Like different sounds like your class. Like I'm normal and they're not. It's well, really saying- just. I'm. I'm looking at it as more like it might be just like skin color. Like okay, I'm white, you're black. It means absolutely nothing other than you know maybe it, it's easier for me to get a job in America than you, right? So that's something that you have to overcome. Well, it's t- it,
3: it it really smacks of because I you know <clears throat> my my cousin by marriage is autistic and some mm-hmm. of my former in-laws, are I mean, they got some serious rabbit ears over that issue. And I remember a very interesting discussion that was started around a bonfire while everyone was drinking, because that's the best time to solve the world's problems. Um, When someone said, you know, we're getting better at diagnosing autism, that can only be a good thing. There were some people in my former in-laws camp whose response to that was, no, it's bullshit. They just want to slap everybody with the autism label. And that's, you know, that's horse shit. That hurts real autistic people. You know, oh, you're, you're not comfortable in social situations? You're not autistic. Oh, y- you're, you're, you're kind of a dick and you don't pay attention to, to, to social norms and customs? No, you're not autistic. You're just an asshole. It's like, <laughs> right. it's like, okay, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, 100 years ago... You know, and or better here, better example. I I'm sure every family has one. My family, being from down south, I, I had a family member who was um, uh, bi- bipolar? bipolar. Yes, thank yeah. you. I was about to say manic de- manic depressive, but oh, that's a '60s term. Right. Um, and the fa- she would go into her manic episodes, and the family would say, "Oh, she's she's having one of her spells." Yeah. And it. Okay, but there was actually family members who thought that, like, you know, no, no, depression is a demon who's possessed your body. That's why she's depressed. And I'm like, if this was 100 years ago, your way to solve it would have been to drill a hole in her head and let the demons out. Do you understand that we've evolved? That can only be a good thing. You know, we're no longer looking to supernatural reasons for observable fact, you know, t- to right. prove why these, this observable fact is happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that we may have gone a little bit overboard with the spectrum. If there's a spectrum disorder and here's where everyone falls on it, and and you might be a little bit on the spectrum. But it does help illustrate what we're really dealing with here, that, you know, this the idea that being autistic doesn't necessarily mean that you can't function at all. You know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that you're stupider in any way, right? You have the same... People who are autistic have the same, uh, the same ability to process information. They just don't have uh, as good a way to co- have it communicated to them, right?
3: Or to communicate it to, to
1: others. Right. So the communication breakdown hinders the learning. Whereas if somebody has, like, Down syndrome you know (laughs) there's no you know there's a uh, a definite ceiling to their mental capabilities right come on
3: now I I watched I watched uh, Life Goes On I remember Corky (laughs) those Downsies can do whatever we can do (laughs) (laughs) Jesus (laughs) <laughs> but, okay. oh, yeah, uh, I mean, we can like end the show to... now. I got Chris to crack up for genuinely
4: once. <laughs> <laughs> Downsies.
3: <laughs> 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 well, I mean, speaking of autism and retards, there was the Unite the Right 2 rally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, the, we're, we're less than 30 Nazi white Supremacist nationalists showed up, and nothing happened.
2: They say nobody cared. It seemed to be a blip on the news radar.
3: And I mean, this was like built up for,
2: for we weeks and months in advance. Oh shit! This is going to be the start of World of- War Two. A, a fucking emergency! Like what was it? Two or three days before it happened? That's ridiculous. Because doesn't that start involving federal money? Good, mm-hmm. good, good choice of spending. Good job. I, I really did something that I
3: didn't know I could do. I watched live streaming footage on YouTube from multiple different from multiple sources, whether it be you know just someone recording with their phone streaming to YouTube, or it be an actual news agency of of this this you know horrible rally that there was th- going to be thousands of Nazis and it was going to start civil war part two, and I was like, this is this is fear mongering in the press that we talk about. And this is why when, you know, you know, Todd would say it, you guys have said it at times, we, we get the press we deserve. At times like this, I'm kind of like, no, nah, they're pushing it. They're pushing an agenda. They're pushing a narrative here that's not there at all. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to be as up in arms as as people were were, were saying they were going to get about. It was a joke. I mean, the first one was pretty much a joke except for, the cops didn't keep Antifa and the Nazis separate. They did this time, and what happened? The Nazis marched for a while and said, "Well, there's okay, that's right. it. We set our peace later." And Antifa got pissed off because there was nothing to to. There was no one to fight, so they started attacking people in the crowd. One of which was an NBC news person. Grabbed the microphone, unplugged their unplugged their audio, you know, uh, uh, assaulted their their cameraman, and it's like. Where's that story at? Because the one thing I'm really sick of, yes, just Donald Trump should never have said there's good people on both sides. What he should have said is there's a bunch of assholes on both sides. Yeah. Is really what it is. And he could have been to one president to say it just like that, and he'd have had most of the country nodding in agreement. Been like, I don't agree with him on any, much of anything, but that I do agree with. Because Antifa well, really showed their ass with their attitude that, uh, towards people there to promote their fucking agenda. Think about that. Well,
1: it, it was interesting that uh I saw some uh, snippets of uh, white nationalists that were talking about this in the aftermath going, Oh well this was uh this was all part of the master plan here okay. that that we we say that we're going to have this big rally, and then nobody shows up and then Antifa shows up to oppose us, causes a bunch of trouble, and they get all the bad press, and we're going to continue to do that in this and I'm like, hey, nice try. I mean, that actually is what happened. So, okay, kudos for you identifying it. Uh, good luck on trying to pull that off again. Well, not serious good luck. That was sarcastic good luck. But nobody's buying this. Uh, That's what I meant to do all along. Well, they're doing what
2: <laughs> Most people try to do nowadays. They're trying to control the it's, narrative.
1: Yeah, they're spinning it. Absolutely. Everybody
2: does. On well, both not- sides.
3: I, th- I think I think I think, <laughs> I think rational people who value you know reason and logic need to really start looking and stating the facts of the situation of just like Charlie LeDuff did. For the most part, this is this is this is a paper tiger. This is this is a, this is a media created you know boogeyman that there's Nazis everywhere hiding behind trees ready to and it's, and, and it's, and it's
2: right into Trump's fake news
3: narrative exactly exactly and the shit needs to stop okay i mean these anybody anybody who's ever worked a fucking camera knows there are angles you can take shots to make a crowd of 15 people look like 1500 that is the minute you get a camera you start figuring shit like that out unless you just have no eye for photography whatsoever
1: well shit you get the right angle you can make toronto look like new york Exactly, exactly,
3: you know, like, so this shit needs to stop, and we need to focus on the real issues with people that we disagree with politically, instead of everybody who supports Trump, Nazi, everybody who supports Bernie, communist, everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, uh-huh. no, no, this, these are people who, for the most part, have, for most, for all of our lives, have been on the fringes of society have been the butt of jokes. I mean, like, I can't even think of a legit movie that really even tries to, like, explain the Nazis, like the skinheads side of how they view the world. The closest, I guess, is American History X. But, I mean, right. that was kind of an ambiguous ending. It was kind of like, you know, yeah, you can do all this damage and then and, and say, okay, I was wrong and I'm going to change my mind, but that doesn't prevent the consequences of the damage you did from befalling you right
1: and it certainly I mean, doesn't paint a pretty picture of white supremacy no
3: no because i mean ultimately you know i, I and it's i i've known enough people in jail I've, I've i've watched enough documentaries it is the truth you know when he went in the, when he went into prison and he saw fellow skinheads doing business with you know the mexicans and, and the black gangs and stuff and he's like what the fuck is that i hear a lot of fucking strong talk but I don't see a lot of action. And they said, hey, save that shit for the streets. This is, this is prison. all right. The whole reason you're alive is because that motherfucker does business with those people. So shut the fuck up. That's the reality of this shit. These aren't people who are so dedicated to a cause that they're willing to, 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 to die on that hill. Right. No. Ultimately, these are people who are probably really fucked in the head, looking at belong.
1: long. Yeah, they lost, fuck- fucked up. They want a fraternity exactly exactly they want a family they I found had, the wrong
3: one i had one friend from high school who went on to become a full-blown skinhead tattoos whole nine and i almost said his name i won't say it uh let's just say that
1: white power bill call him white power bill <laughs> white power Willie. uh let's <laughs> white just, power let's, bill's got dirty ears
3: Let's let's just say that it didn't shock me when I heard about that because he was always the one in the group who was looking for a bigger group to be a part of,
4: mm-hmm.
3: something bigger than himself, right. you know. And I mean, it, it, but for maybe a few different
1: uh, but that's incidents, so big he could have joined the military. Jews in it. Right? Well, yeah, <laughs> Not yeah, that big.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, you know, who knows what? Who knows? I, I don't. I don't know about his childhood. Who knows what happened that made him go that route instead of like becoming a Hare Krishna or whatever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like,
4: right.
3: It's the same fashion sense. Shaved head. You guys are against hair. We got it. You know, But I just, it, it just irritates me because I, I watched with my own eyes the live feed of the quote-unquote good guys attacking the press who was out there to promote them as the good guys, to paint that picture of them. And then the press just goes, "Shh! Don't no one say anything, because that'll fuck up this this oh so carefully crafted you know narrative we have set up here." Right. And you know damn well if one of those thirty fucking Nazis broke away from the pack and attacked a reporter, we'd have let off the fucking show with it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, it's all it's, it's a clip we've been seen like ad nauseum for the last week.
3: And you know, yeah, anyone out there who thinks I'm. Oh so so what you're supporting Nazis? No, I'm not supporting fucking Nazis. What I'm saying is learn to read between the lines of the bullshit we're fed. I'm past this fuck. I'm 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 going to use I'm going to use a, a white girlism. I'm over it when it comes to why we have the press we have. Is it because we deserve it? Is it because we're stupid? I don't give a fuck. Learn to look past the bullshit because that is that is where a lot of our problems are 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 stu- are coming from these days. People cannot differentiate reality and bullshit and it's when it's fed to you yeah I, I i have i have a little bit of sympathy for them, but ultimately come on now it's not that hard and i mean let's be honest here if antifa was not marching in protest of a white power rally and they were marching against capitalism and doing the shit they do breaking windows out of out of stores destroying private property attacking people who were in support of capitalism because that's you know they're diametrically opposed to that and them we would be painting them as the bad guys Mm
2: -hmm. so i think rich you are invoking uh judge judy when you're saying stop peeing on my leg and telling me it's raining it's exactly exactly and
3: i mean i i I hope this is just and it's I'm going to be, my hopes are going to be dashed against the rocks, but whatever. I hope that this is just, some people watched it and took away from it. Wow, this is, I'm getting fed a lot of bullshit here. Like, I'm being told to be afraid of my shadow, and my shadow is pretty fucking benign. You know, I'm not going to walk out of my house and be accosted by, you know, roving Nazi rape gangs. They're not going to force us into concentration camps, you know.
2: That's just your white privilege talking
1: right i mean they, they gathered in like you said less than 30 people like at any given point in the world there's more
2: furries getting together than that <laughs> yeah More are getting together right now than that as
3: we talk i could probably call one and put him on the phone <laughs> <laughs> as long as he ain't work he's probably got half those numbers i'm gonna say and he's not even trying that's not an organized march but also I, I i do have to say this, I also find it so fucking amusing because of of digging into a few different stories that I've dug into. I've been on the Chans for the last like three, four weeks, and the build up to it on all the Chan sites was like, "Oh, get ready, brothers. This is the day we've waited for and i'm just I'm just reminded of when we talk about you know these young people who will go to marches and protest shit, but won't go out to vote. Like, where were all these fucking people that were online saying, oh, this is going to be, we're going to wake up, we're wake up white people, we're going to wake up America this March, and 30 people show up. Like, it, it, if that doesn't tell you, you are literally pissing into the wind mm-hmm. and accomplishing just as much as that will accomplish you.
1: But also, it, people are going to have to start understanding that all this shit on these forums is just a bunch of bluster Right, that's not where the white power movement is happening on four chan or eight chan or infinite chan or whatever fucking chan you want. You know, these are guys that, sure, okay. So that you'll get somebody posting pictures of like, oh, I want to see some big titties, whites only. I don't want to see any black titties on those. And then it'll be like, girls with big asses, whites only. Like, okay, now you're just fucking joking, right?
3: <laughs> so it's just a threat then- of Ziggy's hell, yeah,
1: right. And then, it, and then, I saw it the other day that was shark photos, whites only. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring another half-breed hammerheads in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, sure, language can be uh, it can be harmful, you know, if it, and and you can't really discredit and say, oh, it's just words and just. But like this is a bunch of kids blowing off steam about something that they know nothing about, right? Most, most of these people are eventually going to get real jobs and come across a diversity of people and go, God, I was a fucking idiot when I was a kid. That's is some dumb shit, right? These These are not people who are like, actually going to get off their asses and do anything to make this country more white. No. I mean, it, they, they even have a name for them. preserve those, its culture.
3: They even have a name for them, the regulars who are there, you know, year-round, have a name for the people that show up in the summer and it's, you know,
4: cool oh, fags. good,
3: the, su- the summer fags are showing up. Yep. School's out. Okay. We're going to have a bunch of edgy teenagers show up in, you know, white power, and they're going <laughs> to I posted white power anonymously i'm part of the resistance no you're just a fucking 14 year old idiot whatever
1: yeah you're like james gunn and his fucking tweets back in the day you're just trying to stir shit up no 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 i will say and you know
3: i get the feeling that it was under i'll come back to that i will say that there are an element of people on those sites who are legit and are motivated and do have the know-how to stir the shit pot.
1: Yes. And that goes back to the people who... I'm not who saying are. that they don't exist. Absolutely. I agree with you.
3: Yeah, those are the people that are digging up tweets, that are using, uh, I don't know, I I would say the social justice warrior tactics against their perceived own kind. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Those are people that went after James Gunn, went after uh, the guy from Rick and Morty and, and et cetera, et cetera and now those people if you want to go eh, and shrug your shoulders and go it's just the internet who gives a shit i mean that's fine but just remember they're just starting with celebrities and high visibility people you piss off the wrong person and they're petty enough and they dig up something via you know internet time machine that you posted on myspace or friendster or some shit Mm -hmm. when you were drunk at three in the morning and thought you were being funny and there goes your job
1: right they already have a press primed for these types of stories.
3: Exactly to so
1: get national attention. So and so said this about whoever, what minority or babies or something, and then there goes your job.
3: Yeah, I mean it's 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 it, and it, yeah, so far it's been mostly high-profile people, but once again this is just the beginning of it this is just the 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 opening shots that these people are taking and here's the thing the shots are landing if they if they, if they were just missing the target and james gunn was never fired and the guy from rick and morty was never you know there's not all this pressure to to, to drop that show which by the way is not happening because that's a gold mine for adult Swim and cartoon network oh yeah uh, oh he mimed fucking a plastic baby 10 years ago Bring me one. Bring me. Bring me. Bring, bring me some some video of him fucking a real one, and then we'll talk about how we're going to cut down Rick and Morty's next season. <laughs> That's what's going to take, because I've said it many times on this on this show. Until you get caught with your dick and a baby, if you produce people money, pretty much you can get away with murder, almost literally. You know, and if you if you if you fall on the Alex Jones side, Hillary gets away with it literally all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, Alex Jones got a oh, uh, yeah. one week timeout on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so yeah. okay. I'm I, sure I, he'll learn
3: his lesson. What exactly? Cuz I, I I I saw something about it and yeah. then I got sidetracked and I didn't I didn't follow up on the article.
1: Well he got reported by I'm sure he gets reported by numerous people, especially since he was banned from other social media platforms. But I uh, I guess one of the reports that Twitter actually found to violate their policy. I don't remember exactly what the tweet was, but probably had something that. It, basically, if you're, if you're like, overtly violent toward a protected class, that's how you get banned on Twitter. I actually reported somebody the other day for talking about getting rapey.
2: Don't be a tattletale. Just let him be an idiot.
1: Now, this guy said, he said uh, that if he takes a girl out and spends money on her, he's expecting sex and she's trying to hold out, then that's when he's going to get rapey.
3: See, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I know I'm going to hell, but whatever. I got the express elevator and it's gold plated and it's got my name on it. Yeah, well, but, but, and, and Satan's the elevator he, operator. But here's the thing. That's a, that's a bad take on an old stand-up bit.
1: Uh okay. I mean it really is. It's because you know I'm like, summarizing it bad like I read it and it was definitely did not come off like a joke. It had no humor in it whatsoever. It was
2: But that's the thing, was, it's a, it text sta- it was a statement of fact. But but no, but it's the thing that's you don't know that because it's text. It's something written down. You there's no inflection, you can't tell if the person's joking. It could have just been a very, very bad joke. You know, humor doesn't come across in text like it should a lot of times. I mean, it, it, we, it doesn't happen to most of us all the time when we text somebody. You're joking, but oh, yeah. they may not take what you just typed as a joke. Oh, yeah. all that, That's why I call. <laughs> you got to hear my voice because you're not getting
3: the context of what I mean when I say it half the time. I mean, look, man, whatever. Right. You, well, you,
1: okay, but if I, it comes across as not a joke to everyone who reads it. Oh my God! Is it is it really a joke?
3: <laughs> I mean, look here's here's my take on that, and it it, I mean, it's a, it might be an interesting subject to mine for a couple minutes because I don't think we've really ever talked about it. You know, I come from the old forum days where it was the Wild West, where most forums, if there was a moderator, it was literally to keep anything illegal in the country where that forum was host, hosted off of it, so they could keep it going. So you can't post child porn or you know shit like that and pretty much anything else went and i've always came down on the side of i'm not reporting shit because i've seen too many people say dumb shit and get run off by online communities and there's various methods to run people off without even hitting a report button you know they're shunning them completely there's block button kids there's there's yeah there's yeah, blocking them where they're almost literally talking to themselves or new people who have no idea who the fuck they are and why they're so angry and pissed off. You know, there's just outright, you know, uh, uh, attacking them to the point where, unless that person is literally online just to argue and that that is what they is what gets their jollies off, most people won't put up with that for too long. They'll finally just fucking throw the towel in and say. I can't even post it's a beautiful day out with having 40 guys call me a faggot. You know, like, I, and I've seen it. You know, and so I don't report shit. Like, I've seen shit on Facebook. Now, I guess child porn would be the one thing that, that crosses the line. If I saw someone post child porn on, online and on social media or, or a forum where I knew if I was hitting the report button it was going to go to somebody who could do something, I would do that. Or, you know, Proof of an actual crime. I mean, if a guy posted pictures of a chick who's who's beaten and bloody and unconscious and her panties around her ankles and he goes, I bought this bitch dinner and she didn't put out, so I just took it. Yeah, I'm hitting the report button. But I, besides that, I don't know. It just seems, it just, it, it's tattletale It's, you know, I did not like what he said. And, well, I don't like what a lot of people say.
2: It's the year of the narc. I mean, I, well, I, I, yeah. I understand it. I, I, but, like, that's the thing. With that guy's comment, nobody was directly threatened. You know, it, it was kind of a blanket statement. You know, he didn't directly threaten a person. So it's like, eh, whatever. You're an asshole. Welcome to the block button.
3: Well, I mean, there's, and I also, uh, there is an internet rule that a lot of people need to learn. But the longer you've been on the Internet, and in, the less, in the more seedy parts of the Internet, you learn quick, which is the first one to get mad loses. It's, it's, that's, that's really the unwritten rule of the Internet. Because 99% of what you read or is being said to you by someone who's not a friend, who you don't know personally, who's fucking with you, is just to get a rise out of you. And if you give them that rise, you're giving the prick the satisfaction. Because that's, I got a response. And it's just going to encourage it more and more. I mean, just because they block one Twitter account doesn't mean he can't start up another one anonymously and come in and start the shit all over again. I mean, there was a musician's forum that they pissed off this one guy who must have no life because about, you almost set your watch to it twice a month, he would bomb every forum with scat porn. I mean, it was just, like,
4: literally. Like a style.
3: You know, (laughs) and he would do it when he knew people were at work, like, who, you know, had cubicle jobs, who were supposed to be, like, doing their job on their computer, but they'd have another tab. And then, you know, people were complaining that, I'm sitting at work, and I open a fucking, I go to look at a tab, and I hit refresh, and there's a chick getting a fucking log shit in her mouth. And, you know, of course, here come people go, well, if you're at work, what the fuck are you on this forum for? You know, and then all that shit would start. So it, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, if you, if you, if you found no problem doing it, I mean, I guess more power to you, but... It just, I just—I don't know. Like I said, it comes off tattletaley.
1: Well, I—if you—I tried to find the actual tweet, and it's been removed. Shocking. But—but but if you look at this, because you tattled on, Maren. <laughs> this guy's, this guy's Twitter feed is nothing but hateful misogyny. So what? So.
2: Wait a uh, you, of I,
3: hold hold on hold on a sec, though. Quick wait, question. Wait, no, is this a is this a? Well, no, I just want I I need this for context. Is this guy like a a verified poster, or is he just some random guy?
1: Uh, he's not verified.
3: Okay, so this isn't like a like a a comedian whose shtick is I'm an insensitive misogynist. No, not, no, not by any means. Okay,
1: all right. Well, look, Twitter has rules, right? It's not a completely open and free platform. They have rules for conduct for their platform. They have a system for which people can report things that they think might break those rules. I took advantage of that. And I, and I'm not making a decision to remove them from Twitter. I can't make that decision. No, I understand. And so I can I mean, say, wow, this, this tweet is really gross, and I think crosses the line.
3: I guess my thing is, is it, it seems like... It, In my experience you know be it social media or a forum is that you have when it starts off you have people who post provocative shit just for the sake of doing it then you have people who report it for whatever reason and you have people who are like hesitant to report stuff but you know if they post something and it gets you know someone takes exception to it and they get reported they turn into a reporter now everyone's reporting everybody else and Twitter cracks down, you know, or whatever, the forum cracks down, and, you know, they got 18 million moderators overnight, and now no one can say shit, and you, or, you know, worse yet, you post something that has to get approved before it even gets put up. So you can't have a real-time conversation with people. I've seen, like, large communities online get ruined by bullshit like that. And I, I just believe that the person in, I want to believe this, the person posting that was like, that's what, was, that's what I was there for. I've ruined everyone's good time. I don't, it d- doesn't matter if they believe or not what they posted. Their intended purpose was to shit on everyone's good time. And now you have, a you know, an authoritarian forum that everything, every little word has to be approved before it's posted. Why? Because some asshole, well, you know, should right, should have got some
1: block user in his life didn't. Yeah, it's now a forum that's no longer really useful to most of its users. So what do they do? They go elsewhere.
3: Exactly. And if if you've, you know, if you've, especially, you know, the more nowadays what's considered the nerdy shit, you know, there used to be specific forums. Like if you're into this author or this comic book or this whatever. And I would watch as there would be migration from one forum to another. And one group of musicians actually created multiple forums and put them behind like you had to be approved membership and you know one of the rules was if we see any cut and paste of anything posted in these forums on any other forum you're gone period end of story and i mean that's how bad it became and it was like okay we had a group of an online community of musicians who were helpful a lot of more assholes but that goes with the territory but for the most part got along now everyone's like behind these walled off forums and there's all these rules and shit. And that just I don't know, I maybe mean, it just rubs my real libertarian streak the wrong way. I
2: don't know. And my new favorite thing on Twitter, and I say it with a huge dose of sarcasm, is this this tweet may contain potentially sensitive material and has been uh, you have to click on it to see what it says. Because now Twitter is deciding, you know, what, what is what, what is too sensitive for you to see. Well, no, I mean, it's just giving you a warning. It's not deciding.
3: Wait a minute, that's new to Twitter? That's been on Facebook like that for years now.
2: It like, you showed up across- within the last six months. Well,
1: that's
3: relative.
1: I, I, I think it's been longer than that. Hey, you, if you, basically, if you look at the replies to something and scroll all the way down, you usually find a button at the end that says, oh. these tweets may contain offensive language or something like that. And you click on it and someone's, you know, saying ass
3: or something stupid, usually. Like the ones I'm thinking of is like, you know, you're on Facebook, you're scrolling down and it it has like an opaque window over the picture or video and it says making, you know, contain objectionable content. Click if you, you know, if you choose to see this and you click it and it's like some idiot doing that stupid Kiki challenge, getting out of their car, dancing in the middle of the street and to get hit by a car or something. And then even then half time I'm like, is this fake or real? I don't know. <laughs> it's who knows what challenge. It? The Kiki. Cha- oh, you haven't heard about this.
0: What this is
3: a this uh, challenge. Apparently, Drake has a song. Kiki, do you love me? Or oh, something is it the like one where that? he
1: gets out of his car while it's running? yeah and he's like alongside of it yeah i saw some idiots doing that
3: yeah and there was a i I just saw the video today and i saw the the follow-up video but this blonde chick got out and she's dancing and this car hits her and that's where the video ends and i'm like okay that's got to be fake right the follow-up video is her on a on a gurney fucked up (laughs) with a bunch of emts next to her and i'm like oh that shit was real She really got hit by that car. There you go. That's the compassion that we're known for here at Unregimented.
2: (laughs) I said it in the chat, and I'll say it here. That is nature taking out the trash. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's doing some dumbass shit. I don't have sympathy for people who, like, you know, car surf and then fuck themselves up. Yo,
3: dog, ghost riding the whip is my birthright, yo. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, homie. I, I grew up in the hard streets of Wixom. You know, And I, I gang bang between AV Club and your book. I don't know what but you're talking about.
1: If you can't figure out on your own that that's dangerous and life-threatening behavior that you're exactly. partaking in, then you're just muddying up our the rest of our uh, gene pool Darwin that we have going it. on here. Right. It's, if it's we bleached. have a system that protects people like you, then we have no hope for the human race in the long term. <laughs>
3: Just a big old dollop of bleach in the gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> Just let's, let's clean this Petri dish up. All right. Everybody, everybody with room temperature IQs, you're out. Get out of here. Well, no, I, but it's it's like the fucking, oh, my God. This challenge, I, the boiling water challenge. What? It, first of all, why is everything a challenge now? But idiots were boiling water and pouring it over their head and then screaming <laughs> while, they're being, while they're being video taped. And And I hope they got third-degree fucking burns. And I'm like, okay, what does that... First of all, you're not famous for doing it if it's a challenge and everybody's doing it. Right. Second of all, welcome to looking like Freddy Krueger's nutsack for the rest of your life. And third of all, do you need directions on a shampoo bottle? Are you the one person that's there for? I'm pretty sure
1: you're being trolled
3: i mean that's the thing i as i watch that i'm like i hope these are fake
1: oh but no not I'm like not no, you the no, person who is quote-unquote participating in the challenge
3: yeah yeah it, it, and
1: and like like and somebody it, at the, the creation of that challenge was going what's the dumbest thing we could get people to do by calling it a challenge <laughs> I mean, when I was in when we were in grade school, we used to do shit like bloody knuckles or fucking rubbing the eraser on the back of your hand until you got a scab, or some stupid thing that proved I don't know what it was supposed to prove that you were manly.
3: The pass out game that was just to get you high.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're out that, of weed. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I know what you're saying because I remember there was you know the the tough kids who smoked would go to this. Yes, kids, back in the day you could smoke in schools. They had smoking sections for students who were underage. They go to the smoking sections and they put their forearms together and drop a lit cigarette between it and see who could take it the longest. And I'm like Yeah. If you really want to prove your manhood, why don't you just see who can take the longest dick in their ass? This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life, seriously. And on top of that, you're wasting a cigarette. Those things cost money. I it, so I mean it's it, this is nothing new, it's just it's being video or not videotape, but you know what I'm saying. Fight. <laughs> yeah, put on the internet. Leave, leave the jackassing to J, the guys from Jackass, Big Brother, and CKY. Leave it to those; they're good at it. They're professionals. They walk away from it more than not, often than not. It's just, oh God! And, but the, the the best of it was a response video to all these challenges, and it's this guy, and he's got like he's a bigger guy, and he's wearing like a too tight camo shirt, and he's got the the redneck. Overbent rim perched on his head with a little tuft of hair coming out underneath the bill and shit. And he's like, I, I, "I'm here today to, to to introduce a new challenge for everybody, okay? And what you want to do is sit down, put your socks on, and put your boots on. Now get up and go to fucking work.
2: It's called the work challenge.
4: <laughs> That's the end of it."
2: <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, it's a it's an old meme on the net too. But you know, can we have the thinking challenge? Can we try that one?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it does It does provide. I mean, I, I, there's, I'm thinking of one video in particular where the guy dumped the boiling water on himself. And his scream was so girly that I found myself like laughing behind my hand going, oh, I really should. But goddamn, he sounds straight up like a three-year-old girl who just got skinned alive. Like and he before he's like, well, hey man, what's up? Welcome to the boiling water challenge. And then the minute that water hit him, it brought the bitch out in him.
2: You know, this is proof our schools are shit. All right, isn't this like third grade science? Boiling <laughs> water will burn you.
3: Third grade. This is three years old. Don't reach for the fucking stove. Yeah, <laughs> you'll pull something off and burn yourself.
2: I mean, these are probably these are the same idiots that were eating Tide Pods or snorting condoms up their nose. You know, I didn't realize
3: when I was about four, my dad come home from riding his motorcycle and he parked it and I ran up and gave him a hug and then I noticed the exhaust was ticking and I went, um, when that one finger come out and I went to go touch it and he goes, uh-uh, boy, you touch that, you're going to burn yourself, it's hot. Don't touch that. And he went in the house and my mom and my, you know, sitting there looking out the window and she goes, Richard, is gonna the boy's going to touch the exhaust. He goes, he'll only do it once. Yep. I didn't realize that, that was like I, that was the hipster challenge. I, I, I was the, you know harbinger of all these challenges because, guess what? I only did it once. Too bad no one was was taping it. We could. Put I it- had
2: parents that took my hand when I was a kid and put it on the stove. I mean, they didn't let it sit there and sizzle. But, <laughs> but you know, they 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 took it and they put it on there. So they, yeah, it's hot. Don't touch it. You know. <laughs> they did the, the same shit. They did the same shit with the Christmas tree. I guess when I was a baby, like my dad said he. he took my hand and made me grab a handful of Christmas tree, guess what I fucking... I was a baby. Guess what I didn't do after he did that? Enjoy Christmas? Fuck with the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Man, fuck Santa Claus. (laughs) Red suit wearing motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't fuck with the tree. Exactly. No, dude, it's... uh, These are grown people pouring water, boiling water over their heads. Grab that tree. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> no it's it's absolutely i mean i remember clear as day being this is like one of my first memories of uh i would figured out if you unplug a fan from the wall it would stop and i was so young that this was fascinating to me and i was plugging and unplugging the fan from the wall and my mom said stop and she like you know smack me stop messing with that damn plug get away from here what's wrong with you and she'd leave the room and i go back over and do it and uh i remember she left the room and i pulled it out halfway and i touched the the prong and uh yeah, I got shocked like a motherfucker for the first time in my life. <laughs> that solved me from messing with electricity.
2: Exactly. I was like,
3: like no, nah, I'm good. Hey, the power's out. Call an electrician. I don't fuck with God. I'm not messing with that shit. I don't know. I don't know what a ballast is. I, don't know. I ain't messing with it.
2: I think the whole point of this is that three of us are smarter as babies than half of these idiots do this <laughs> challenge.
3: You know, and it's sad because it's like, dude, I've spilled like not boiling, but you know, you heat up something like a microwave dinner, and it's got like you know the gravy. I've spilled the gravy on myself right after I pulled it out the microwave, and that shit blistered and peeled and hurt, and it sucked. And it's like I couldn't imagine doing that to myself and not getting anything for it, except for I got to post it on Facebook and I got like twenty likes or, or laugh emojis or whatever. Like you're gonna have to pay me to go through that pain. Fuck that. It may, I, I need something real to do this to myself. That's. They isn't aren't aren't, aren't the, the the what Gen Z supposed to be like more what do you call it uh, concerned with money than millennials and shit so why the fuck are they doing all these challenges and no one's paying them <laughs> pay me to hurt myself that's I,
2: I don't know Johnny Knoxville's made a career of it fuck yeah he has but yeah I it, God
3: ah. <sighs> Yeah, boiling water challenge. That's 2018. And I thought the ice bucket challenge was dumb. Remember when we said we were going to talk it? Like, when we brought that up the first time, we're like six months from now, we're going to be talking. Remember that stupid ice bucket challenge? It don't get dumber than that. Wait a minute. Keep digging. We found another rock layer. (laughs) Yes. We can can get even lower than that. (laughs) All right. So, anything else,
2: gentlemen? I think we've covered it. Yeah, just make sure to hit us up on Twitter at Regimented Pod. You can email the show on Regimented at chrisromini.net. And yeah, that's all I got, guys. So, that being said, we'll catch you next week. All Thanks right, for listening. To-